magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, the more the cost kept going up and the more the readership kept going down, the harder it was for Ronnie to keep producing the magazine until right. he finally realized it wasn't going to be productive anymore. And I'm just concerned that you're not going to have enough people purchasing a subscription to this thing to really offset the cost of what it's going to take to well, though, Yeah, and by the way, I just started recording, so we're recording locally, just so you guys all know. So yeah, I don't think I don't think this needs to be I don't think this needs to be or could be viewed, and we kind of probably need to save a lot of this discussion for the air, but. Um, I don't think this needs to be viewed as the goal to have this be profitable for anybody involved because I don't see that happening. I see this as like a lot of other projects in the community. It's a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a project. It's going to be a community project. And then certain members of the community will choose to support it, like the people who support the games and buy the games and people who support the hardware. So, you know, even the people who are making games and hardware, they're not making a hand over fist money on doing this. It's that's their contribution, and they're making some money. I think something like this magazine is not. Would, I, I have a hard time imagining it being for profit, but I have it I having wasn't being really as, looking at profit. I was looking at break even. Yeah, and that would be the thing. You get you get it you get it produced digitally, which costs you nothing but your time. So you get that electronic document created. And then you look into all right. Well, who will print it for us, and how much will it cost? And hey, get, yeah, I, I actually have some information on that. There's a publication for the Apple called Juice GS. Right, that right, right. Puts out a quarterly. I contacted uh-huh. the editor, and he gave me some numbers. Okay. So uh, he says that uh, basically for one issue, which is three months, um, he has about two hundred and fifty dollars in costs. He basically pays people, you know, to do stuff. Um, so and then give, me, give, be, me, give me that number again. Sorry. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Two five zero. For how for how many units? Um, well, that's that's his uh, that's his overhead. That's whether he only printed one copy. You know, that's how much he's paying people to put stuff together and all that. Oh, he's okay. paying the contributors. Yeah. Okay. So he says that shipping averages about two dollars a copy, and that includes worldwide, most mm-hmm. of which U.S. and Canada. Uh, and he says that uh, his publishing base is basically in the double digits, so probably around a hundred or less. Okay. That he puts out. And it averages about $2 a copy for that. He does 20 pages. They're basically 11 by 14 pages that are double-sided. So it'd be, okay. what, Town five sheets of paper? Yeah. Five sheets of paper, 60-pound, uh, double-stitched black and white, but he does have color on the front and back. So um, he charges $19 U.S. for a subscription. That includes four four issues with shipping. Okay. So. You know, he's looking at so I said average of two dollars per sh- for each uh, eight dollars for shipping eight dollars for uh, uh, the manufacturing, and then that leaves uh, four dollars for <laughs> or three dollars for his uh, quote profit or paying the uh, paying the talent. Right, 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 right. And he uses a place called Sir Speedy because they're pretty flexible. Sir Speedy Sir is like Speedy's a local place. Pretty known. Yeah, so they've got those out here in California. They're actually a pretty good printing service. Yeah, that's he likes the Sir Speedy because they're really good and consistent. He says use a local place, don't ship it off someplace. Anyway, I could forward this email to anybody who wants it, but like I said, he puts yeah. out this thing quarterly. Been doing it since 1996. Okay, so that's interesting. Hi everyone. Hello, L. Hi, Curtis. Curtis How are you doing, Curtis? I was just listening yeah. in there while Hello, you guys everyone. were talking about it. And there's Senor Drencor Lad. <laughs> 
Uh, in Halloween mode. Uh, does either David and or Curtis have anything technical they'd like to talk about today? Uh, have you given any thought, David? I've, I've got some stuff on the newbie question that Greg was going to ask, but I'm not sure what time he's joining us, if he's back from the bet yet or not. No, I myself don't have anything because I've been, you know, dealing with my own hardware stuff this week. So, right. okay. So, we talk about XSplit streaming. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, bandwidth. Do you want to? Oh, yeah. Talk? Speaking of that, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I was looking at Google's um, recommendations for bit rates, and I know you said at one point that you was trying to stream it. 10 megabits per no, second? No, sa- I, I said I was capable of it. I didn't always oh, do that, okay. but I was able to do a stream test and, and be able to stream at that bandwidth without issue. Now, I used to average about 8 megabits if I was doing 1080, and I tried to do about 4 megabits for 720, which is what Coco Talk is broadcast at. Yeah, because I know at regular 1080... YouTube prefers you to keep it between 3 megabits and 6 megabits. So that's one of the reasons I was like 10. <laughs> hey, I uh, hate to interrupt you guys, but uh, Ron just uploaded the Rainbow Magazine up on uh, uh, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, I already read it. Oh, no, that's not an interruption. All right, <laughs> uh, now I have to find it. Ron's garage? Uh, and by the way, how long is my... It's what, 22 pages, I think, PDF? That's what he said. Yeah, it's 22 pages. Why wouldn't he wait for us to reveal it on Coco Talk? Why give it to everybody? Because Isn't he's it? selfish. Yes. It's not a reveal when we're now talking about it after other people have seen it. I'm guessing uh, he wanted it up so that people could grab it to take a look at it while we're talking about <laughs> it simultaneously. That would be my idea. Yes, yeah, always... Always the politician, that Curtis Boyle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> friendly Canadians here. We, we hey. don't like starting fights. Hey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Smiling nicely, shaking your hand while getting the knife ready. Yes. Oh, no. That's the American politician. Just, just, enjoy, your, that's uh, any politician. Your, just enjoy your free <laughs> prescription medicine and pipe down, okay? <laughs> yeah, clean clean water. Don't forget States. clean water. Mm. Wait, wait. Politicians and clean water? Not happening. <laughs> Up here. We got so much of it yet, so it's no problem. Drink from a mountain spring. It's quite nice, actually. Mm. Well, okay. and, uh, unless you want the animal and other <clears throat> in the water, too. Comes right from the ground, right from the underground spring. Okay, so it's <laughs> looking at okay, the, the rainbow. The, the Color Computer Quarterly Magazine. It's coming down. Yeah, so I was da- I was also downloading another one of my 50 gigabyte archives, which has 25 <laughs> seconds left. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just pulled this thing off of Facebook. I'm looking at it. It's It's mostly a bunch of advertisements which which i know everybody was throwing around hey how can we do this in sort of a rainbow magazine or coco magazine advertisement style right 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 stuff, like yeah i'm hey, hey, so i'm still waiting on mine to finish downloading here here we go yeah because my i have fi- to say from my my quick look at the preview it reminds me more of the old color computer magazine than than rainbow because color computer magazine also tried to do a lot of color ads and a lot of color you know article pictures and stuff like that it was much more under the rainbow coco talk the video coco talk show by stevie stroh internet coco talk show tandy assembly all tandy color computer the sdc and its features 
Coco Crew Podcast. Podcast. Two guys and a mic. Roku hosts on the Coco channel. I'm a coconut. Coco, the three amigos. Look at this. Okay, so far I'm liking what I see here. Tandy Assembly. Complete coverage on page seven. Print number negative two. There it is. I love it. Okay. We as a group of old and mixture of new color computer enthusiasts have a variety of opinions on this magazine should be. I saw a lapse of time go by when nothing was getting done, so I jumped in with both feet and took the job. And that's what you got to do, Rondell Vo. Yeah. Got to grab that bull by its horns. And don't listen okay. to the public. <laughs> Just do it. All right. Yeah, do what you want to do and then present it. I just rambled on to fill in space. Yeah. yeah. Not many people stepped up to contribute. Okay, Jay oh, Cyril. Just put an insert article here. <laughs> no, there you go. We see this now, so maybe they will. Yeah, okay, so we have... We need MC10 stuff. We need uh, Dragon stuff. We need clone stuff. We need yeah, no, I paint. like it. I'm looking at it right now. Come and get your software. <laughs> the Coco Crew Podcast. Uh, okay, so yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what this Roku thing looks like. I just don't have the money to pony up to buy the box right now. Um, Coco PSG review. Coco PSG review. OS nine. It's new bigger brother Nitrous 9. Can we upgrade my Coco from 128K to 5K? Cloud 9. Yes, we can. <laughs> well, there's going to be other stuff underneath Cloud 9, hopefully. Yeah. Look at this. Bomb threat. Bomb, bomb yeah, squad. I can, Forest I can do the of Doom. processor upgrades. Retro ad. I love that you throw in a retro ad there, too. Nice. Retro ad. Heat up your Coco. Yeah, this Those is looking, re this is looking really good. Retro for... Uh, what was the last two pages on a cocoa on a rainbow? Okay, all right. So I think we've got a we've got a lot to show and tell today. So I haven't yeah. started the live stream yet. Let's go ahead and start the live stream now. Um, yeah. um, before you show it, be sure to put my Ron's garage up there. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So hold on one second. Let me see. Let me share audio too. All right. So can you guys hear this? Yep. I don't yep. know if my, my mixer just went sideways on me. Yep. Let's try that one more time. Hey, you got your Coco 3 yet? Better? Better. Better. Okay. All right. So better we're going we're, we're to go live and, um, you know, we're going to start off with the national anthem and then we're going to go ahead and do the intro and then we'll, we'll introduce everybody who's here. Uh, oh, so what was I going to say? Okay. So real quick too. So um, you were saying that you didn't have a tech talk today, but do you guys want to just talk about the fact that you're at least working on the Nitrous 9 standard image or is that too soon to mention? Uh, we can mention we're working on it. I've actually got more time to devote to it now too, which will help. Okay. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go live and we're going to do this. You ready? Yep. And we're going live in three. This is Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer, with your host, Mr. Gameplay Goodness himself, Stevie Strout.
Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Coco Talk, episode 31. I am your host, Stevie Stroh, wearing a lovely royal blue Coco Talk t-shirt, drinking from a Coco Talk mug. Shameful plug, uh, no doubt here. All of which you can get from our sponsor, 8bit256.com. I want to thank them for their generous donations of these shirts that I personally paid for myself. They're a great bunch of people there. And uh, welcome to Coco Talk, episode 31. We have got a great topic for you today. We've got another great show. We've got a really big show here, folks. And um, and we already have people in the live chat. Yeah, so um, we have in the live chat, Norlander says, hi, all. Hey, Norlander, how are you? So, yeah, we got a good show. Uh, we got a topic. There's been some discussion this week on Facebook about, hey, what if we... Uh, got a rainbow magazine together what would that be like you know and um, experiencing a little bit of uh, coming up with an idea last week and I had an idea and um, was not necessarily positively uh, received by everybody I wanted to make sure I was not the hypocrite by saying hey if somebody's got an idea I support their idea and I hope that whatever happens and whatever we do I hope, I hope that it will be successful. So um, we've got some options. We've got some things to show and some things to tell. And I think there is a strong possibility that we could have a new version of what we used to know and love as the Rainbow Magazine. And, and time will tell how that's going to work and, and how it will be consumed and digested and all those cool things like that. So with me on the show at the moment, from left to right in a clockwise fashion, for those of us on the uh, northern hemisphere of the planet Earth here, we have Richard Lorbieski, we have Mark Overholzer, we have the very pixelated David Ladd, we have Ron Delvaux, ho ho, we have John W. Linville, we have Bruce Wayne Campbell. I, I want to say Bruce Campbell because I have this Army of Darkness thing in my head. I always screw up your name, Wayne. I'll get it right one day. And then we have okay. we have Steve Batson, we have L. Curtis Boyle, we have J. Cyril, the uh, man who's infamous for offending Boise Pete with his three-star review. And last but certainly not least, from down under, Nick Marentes. Good eye, Nick. How are you? Good eye, everyone. Oh, and we're here, and we're live, and we are on that thing they call the Internet. And um, this is Coco Talk. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, we know what our main topic is. Uh, I did want to get back to some of the structure of we, you know, we started off from complete chaos, you know, and from darkness comes light and from light comes order. And uh, we eventually got into kind of a, a little bit of a format and a little bit of a, uh, you know, structure to the show. And then that, that structure kind of fell apart as we were getting ready for Tandy Assembly. It became very free flowing, which was great. But I kind of want to get back to to some of that. So I do kind of want to just review a couple of things right off the top of the show before we get into the show here. And let me just make sure I can switch over to a full screen view. So here we go. I want to let everybody know that yes, you're watching Coco Talk and Coco Talk is first and foremost a live stream that is on YouTube. But there is a website for our show which is called Coco Talk dot live and on cocotalk.live you can link to replays of the video you can click on a link to watch it live you can get a link to hear the podcast because we are now a podcast as well for those of you who maybe only watch us and didn't know you can listen to us so we're an audio podcast it's available on google play itunes stitcher tune in for all i know from our website you can click on connect and here's the email address we've got an email address so it's cocotalk at cocotalk.live if you want to send us some feedback 
Uh, I've got a Facebook page for that. There's a LinkedIn profile. So there's a couple different ways you can um, share the love of Coco Talk. So CocoTalk.live is your one-stop shop for the show. And the show is now available to be seen as well as heard. Um, if you're watching Coco Talk, you're probably a fan of the color computer. And if you're not aware of uh, a very great website, another shameful plug, but I've got this cute little website here that's called amacoconut.com. And it's kind of your one-stop shop for all of your color computer needs where you can uh, get links to different communities and different groups and, and archives and blogs and projects and you name it. So amacoconut.com is a great place to go if you want to find out about the cocoa. We are sponsored by the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com where you can get all kinds of merchandise, t-shirts, coffee mugs, mice pads. I believe we also have some birth control products in the near future. Uh, maybe a lingerie line in the near future too. So, um, you know, look for know, a more... retro computing kind of birth control already as it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will just throw this out here real quick. This was the topic of, of some debate a week or so ago. But we started a forum. The forum's here. The forum's not going anywhere. Where will it be used? That's to be determined. But the forum now has a new home, which is called tandyforum.org. And just so you know, right now we have 47 members. And there's 167 posts on here already. And I'll just show you something real quick. If you are signed in, there's a link on the top you can click here to view unread posts. So you can see really quickly what you haven't read. And there's a real link over here on the right-hand side that you can get to that will um, just let you grab it. Right now, I'm seeing that my stream has gone offline again, so it's seeming like the bandwidth issue is kind of coming and going. Um, uh, there's nothing I can do about that. We're just going to keep recording, and however it ends up on the Internet is how it's going to end up. But I also want to talk about uh, a, a nice little number that we've hit right now. We have hit 2,500 downloads on the podcast and and that's a pretty good number i think you know uh, we've only been a podcast for a couple of months now we started in i think it was august so you got september october so maybe three months that's not bad that's definitely respectable if you look at some of our trending episodes right now episode 27 ease of use is the most downloaded in the past uh 30 days our all-time uh, most listened to episode right now is episode 22, where we talked about Nick Morentis' 1.1 uh, update to his Pac-Man uh, program and the Basic 09 episode. So um, not bad, not bad. And I also want to get into some uh, some record numbers on some views and a little bit of feedback, too. So last week's show, the drama episode, apparently drama is good for ratings, so... We had 88 views on the live stream, and then the replay now has gotten 111, so we are like 199. We are close to 200 views on last week's episode. Yeah, we've exceeded 200 views now, or just hit 200 views, so we're back in stride. That was our average. We were averaging about 200 views a week between the live views and the replay. I think we kind of lost some momentum when I switched channels, so I think the drama was good for ratings, got us back up here. Uh, Coco Talk After Dark has gotten uh, 47 views, and that was posted uh, later in the week, so that's not bad. And uh, and then we've gotten some feedback that I have not um, acknowledged recently, so I wanted to get to a couple of comments that, that people have left. And this was one that went back to an episode before we even switched channels, but somebody was either in the chat or left a comment about that we should be working on a new Coco hardware replacement, and I kind of just like kind of snarkily said, well, yeah, there are, there are some. There's FPGA, there's Coco Nano. I think he knew that. But this is a, 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 a gentleman by the name of Dan uh, Yalt, 
And so he started a discussion saying that he knows that they exist, but he's suggesting that we make a cocoa that goes beyond 8 bits. And he was suggesting a 16-bit cocoa clone to um, give whatever this new cocoa might be, um, you know, more legs to stand on. And, and I, I kind of responded to him saying, well, now you're talking about basically making an MM1. I'm not sure how much support there is for that. And I'm sure if other people thought that was a good idea, maybe they would have done it by now. And then he replied back again and said, um, he, you know, he agrees that FPGA is real hardware. He, we we want to keep it hardware. He thinks that a 16-bit a system could give us 99.5% compatibility. Um, but he thinks it's just a better idea to have more hardware. And again, I'm not um, capable to, to debate uh, all of these things, but I did want to acknowledge the fact that he had some input and I wanted to just address some of that. Um, and so I don't know if anybody wants to talk on that note there about... Um, you know, uh, you know, we we already have, and this this seems to be a common theme in the Cocoa community. We've already got two different alternate hardware projects. We've got Roger uh, Roger Taylor's Cocoa on a Chip, which is a, a Deck Nano product, right? Which is still FPGA based. And then there's the original one, which was uh, is it Gary Becker? Yeah. Gary Becker. Gary Becker is the original Cocoa FPGA, which has been around for quite some time. So there's two of these projects that already exist that have been in various states of development for for great periods of time. I don't know enough about the uh, Coco FPGA right now. I know it's probably the longest standing project, but it does seem like the Roger Taylor product is the closest to being, you know, ready for prime time as far as compatibility with being a real Coco. Um, they all have some added features. Uh, and, you know, when it comes to projects, people are going to do what they want to do. But what do you guys think of now a 16-bit Coco 4? I mean, are we just asking for the gates of pandemonium here? Or? Tell me this. What are you <laughs> going to do with your 16-bit creation that's going to be significantly better or different than an Atari ST or an Amiga? When those already exist, right? They already exist. Or a Macintosh. Right, 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 right. So it's it, that was kind of my thought that you, you're, we're we're not only we're inventing a we're not reinventing a wheel we're inventing a new wheel and it'd be so niche that you know uh, you know what what are you gonna do with it was kind of my thought but I think everybody has you know everybody's got an opinion and a suggestion on what they think might be good and you know the, the nice thing is anybody who wants to pick up a soldering iron and a circuit board they, they can make whatever they want to make. I, I don't see a 16-bit cocoa solution happening uh, anytime mm -hmm. soon, but you you never know. Um, yeah, I question. mean you'd have to start with new software support and stuff for that too. Um, otherwise, you're just running old stuff on a basically an emulator. You're taking a 16-bit machine and emulating a cocoa on it, which is well, a much different than running MAME or MESS. Well, what do you what do you think the about question. the? Go ahead, I'm go ahead, Nick. Sorry. The question is uh, when is a cocoa not a cocoa? Right. Right. Right, and you know, that question has come up, and I think we've all agreed that it depends on the individual. Like most things, it's kind of in the eye of the beholder. Um, so uh, I think it's an interesting idea, and I think anybody who wants to try to put something together, go ahead and put it together. Like like John Lin, I love stealing quotes from John Linville. You know, if you got to scratch your itch, then scratch your itch. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, these things don't happen overnight. There's a lot of uh, the development and time and testing and prototyping and expense uh, and 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 my thought was we got some pretty clever individuals working on platforms now 
they chose what they chose for a reason. They probably saw the senses and the strengths and the weaknesses of going different directions. And Or maybe it started off with this is this what we're going to do and they didn't think of a bigger picture. But, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's a terrible idea, but I don't think most of the people who are currently active in developing co Cocoa hardware technology would probably jump on that ship anytime soon. I think the only thing that might even be a kind of a practical thing is maybe emulate an MM1 or something like that. Uh, but a Cocoa 4, I don't know. I think the Cocoa 4 kind of died a long time ago. You know, and if you remember when they discontinued the color computer, <clears throat> the MM1, the TC09, the TC70, you know, they System all came four. out to try to replace the Coco. And as far as I know, none of them were very successful. You know, and the TC70 and the MM1 were both 16-bit machines running OS 9 68000, mm -hmm. which was the next step up from OS 9 level 1 and level 2. So I really don't know that a 16-bit would really make any difference now. You know, I don't know that it would be a step in the right direction, if you know how, what I mean. How big was the market for OS 9K or whatever it was called? It was OS 968K. Okay. And uh, basically, when it came to the MM1s and the TC70s, they didn't sell that many. Yeah, uh, combined the, would be in the hundreds, maybe. Yeah. The biggest uh, OSK market, as they called it, was in the, uh, uh, God, what did they call it? They call them devices now. Controllers, I think, is what they call yeah, it. Like an, embe an embedded system. An embedded yeah. system. And that's where OS 9's real focus was, and that's what they were aiming everything toward. And uh, still are, as far as I know. OS 9 is still out there. Microware got sold again and bought up again, and they're still producing OSK. I think they're up to almost version 5 now or 7 or something, but it's up there. OS 9000 didn't last very long either. So, mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting, and, and um, that could, I'm, I'm going to be the last person to poo-poo on anybody's opinion, and I don't want to be the person to step on anybody's dreams. So um, I, I, I generally have the idea that, you know, if you want to do it, um, then do it. And, and we were just talking about this right before we went live. And by the way, if you're watching us live, yeah, the streaming has some issues. The streaming had stopped and I just had to restart it. I've actually lowered the bandwidth now on the streaming. Um, so because this problem happened last week, I'm recording the show. And when the stream is done, for better or worse, I will post the recorded version of the show that did not get interrupted. So for those of you who are watching us live, you're seeing bits and chunks of the show, and I do apologize. Um, I, I blame David Ladd for this. He broke the internet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think everybody has an idea on what we should make or what we should do. Um, you know, there, there's no shortage of opinions, and I, I like one of... Um, what, what was your what was your phrase, Steve Batson, when we were talking about you know making a oh, rainbow look, magazine? <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't design by committee. Can't design by committee. It's a great one. And we we had this conversation with Jim Brain when I, I asked him, and I loved his response. I go, you know, how do you feel about it? You know, if you're working on a hardware design and somebody comes up to you and kind of want an armchair quarterback and says, you know, maybe you should do this or you should do that, and he very frankly said, yeah, it can be annoying sometimes, you know. I, I think are, he was talking about me too. <laughs> 
But, you know, there's, and I did like the way he phrased it, where it really depends on where you're coming from when you say it. When you say something like, well, have you thought of this? And, you know, is this possible? Or, you know, when you just come out and say, well, this is bad, and it's not going to be good unless you do this, or I'm not going to buy it unless you do that. Well, those, those are just a rude thing to say in general. But, um, you know, I think with anything else, too, what happens is you, you have, like, I love that phrase, you can't rule by committee, because um, that term feature creep comes into play. Somebody's working on a project, and you have everybody says, well, do this and do this and do this. And again, you got a lot of people who want to cheerlead and say, yeah, 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 rah, 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 let's do this. But not everybody's aware of what it takes to make this done. And, you know, if you start something, maybe you want to finish it. Um, and I, I was a little bit guilty of that too because I was playing with um, Rick Adams' bomb threat and I had a couple ideas like, hey, it might be cool if you had like a bonus round after you went through a couple of things that you had this little bonus round and you got to do something for extra points and stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. But he kind of had something in mind and he wanted to finish the game that he started or he did before. And so, you know, that's not that my idea was bad, but, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to shut up now. I'm just going to let you finish your game. But, um, you know, it's really easy to, you know, the old saying is wish in one hand and poop in the other and see which one fills up first, right? So, um, uh, we have a term for that in the open source community. Uh, it's called uh, painting the bike, bike shed. <laughs> painting so, the bike shed. So, so if you if you go off and you know you build a nuclear bomb or something like that, and you say, "Here, I've got this nuclear bomb," people say, "Hmm, that's awesome! You built a bomb," and then you know they don't have anything to say about it because they don't know anything about it. But if you go off and say, "Yeah, I built this bike shed in my backyard," what color do you think I should paint it? Well, everybody, <laughs> everybody understands the bike shed, right? Yeah. Everybody understands what colors they think is nice, right? Well, I'll paint the bike shed blue, no pink, no orange, no green. Um, so it's very easy, you know, people to start throwing out ideas, and they mean well, mostly. Yeah, um, but, yeah. But, you know, it's really just painting the bike shed, and it can be frustrating. <laughs> um, you know, yep. You build your bike shed and it suits you, and then somebody else comes out and says, "Well, it really needs to be pink, or I'm not going to use it, or I'll never buy one unless it's plaid." <laughs> you know, and can you tell them you can make your own? Yeah, well, that's right. Build your own. Right. I like that. That's a cool phrase. I'll, I'll probably forget that one, but I'm going to try to remember that one so I can reuse it at some point in time. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll write them down and send them up. There you go. Okay, yeah. Send me some Lin, some Linville-isms. <laughs> um, so, yeah, one more thing before we get into the main topic. I was listening to the latest episode of the Trash Talk last night, which I think is episode 18, which is, uh, you know, congratulations on them now. They're a year and a half into their show, and it's a good show. Um, so they kind of had their version of the Tandy Assembly wrap-up, and, and I was listening to the whole thing, and, and um, they got to the part, and this is the only part that, you know, to be completely honest, you know, what wasn't the easiest thing for me to hear, but two of the guys said that their least favorite part of Tandy Assembly was the roundtable discussion because uh, they just had a different vision for what it might have been, and they would have preferred there would have been a list of pre vetted questions or, or something like that and and that's fine and i respect their opinion but you know um you know i hear that and the first my first reaction is oh that kind of hurt a little bit you know it stings a little bit but i also say well you know what these are I, these are people who i respect and they've got their opinion and and they're not necessarily wrong either but yeah so that was a little bit of a of um you know uh, a little little bit of a sob story, but I think it was a decent discussion. It might not have been what everybody expected, but I don't think it was a waste of time by any means. No. Well, I, I was on that talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, 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 the TRS-80 trash talk. 
Um, yeah, the guys that were complaining about the the roundtable, to be honest, um, you know, they're they're kind of more reserved or whatever. They're not quite as at ease with the, a live audience and that sort of thing. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it to heart too much. Um, you know, they might not participate in another one, but uh, you know, I wouldn't take it as as a, a real negative so much as just they personally didn't like being part of it. Yeah, yeah, no, and I did. I mean, that, that's uh, that's where I figure I'm starting to evolve as a human being. I was able to accept that as criticism and and not completely, you know, want to uh, unfriend anybody or go on a warpath or anything like that. So, <laughs> and you can always tell them to make their own uh, round table. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, once you go make make a square table, and what are you gonna? What color are you gonna paint it? <laughs> Oval is nice. Yeah, um, but they they had but the two guys in question were also guys who develop hardware and sell hardware, and they're like, yeah, it would have been nicer if I could have answered some questions about my hardware. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you had a booth there too that you were answering questions at all day. But I respect their opinions, and I just want to say I heard it, and I am I, I am evolved enough to to not cry over it. So, <laughs> now, now, quick question: Did they have their own uh, seminars too? Um, not all of the trash talker. I think Peter Satinsky did, but I don't think um, Peter Bartlett did, or Ian, or even um, I know Randy Kindig was planning on it at one point in time, but I think he gave up his slot to the Trisvid presentation. So that would be um, a better forum for them if they want to answer questions on their own project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but so that for me, it just it was a little bit upsetting to hear that it wasn't a, a globally unanimously um, happy feely type of thing. Uh, but other than that, I still think it was a decent talk, and uh, I enjoyed listening to the replay of it too, actually, because I heard it in the car after I, after yeah. I podcasted it. So. And it sounds like just their expectations were different than what happened, because it wasn't. Yeah, like a, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Form, it just wasn't what they were expecting. Yes, and Grant Leedy has joined the show. And um, so, um, before we get into the main topic, too, because we have strayed from these segments, I would like to perhaps get into some of our segments, and maybe it's going to be a brief technical segment this, um, this week, but um, I believe Curtis and, and um, David might want to have something they want to talk about. Is, are we okay to do a quick tech talk, even if it's a you know, two-minute segment? More like a sure. tech preview update, I tech guess. Tech preview. All right. Well, hold on. I have to get my producer in here in um, in one second because this is a professionally run show. We got to get the whole uh, whole multimedia thing going. So hold on one second here. It is time for tech talk with David Ladd and Curtis Doyle. Take it away, tech dudes. Ooh, I lost your picture, so I'm going to have to fix that. Your pictures weren't in the slide there. Looks like That's Rick Adams is better for all, actually. <laughs> all right, so we're at Tech Talk. We haven't had a Tech Talk in probably a month, and uh, I think I've recovered from the last one now, so I think I can handle <laughs> another one. <laughs> You've woken up now. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some of the most technical minds in the 21st century here with us, uh, David Ladd and Curtis Boyle, and they've been working on something that they're going to share with us now. Uh, do you want to start, Dave, or do you want me to start? You go ahead. <laughs> okay, so uh, a lot of people have been asking about the quote-unquote standard hard drive image for Nitrous 9 for people that don't have much experience with it and just want to kind of learn Nitrous 9 and have everything pre-set up and ready to go. Now, my work schedule's been kind of sucky, and then Dave's had some issues with you know hardware and software unrelated to the project on his own, so neither one of us has had too much time to work on it. But I actually managed to start getting a bit of a work on it, and Bill Noble's involved in this too, I should mention. 
Um, so we've actually got to start on it now. We've got a standard hard drive image for the Coco SDC. There's a standard floppy boot image in addition to that that will boot onto that same hard drive image. So we only have to make the hard drive image once that will boot off of the various emulators like VCC and, and MAME. So uh, we're going to try to simplify it down for this just to get people up and running. We're not going to have drive wire support. We're not going to support the IDE, SCSI, or any of the other stuff like that. It's just going to be Coco SDC, the EMU disk from the emulator. And there will be a 6809 version and a 639 version so the people that have those chips, either an emulator or the real thing, can see the difference between the two speed-wise and, and some of the extra features. Um, the purpose of it, of course, is to make uh, a Nitro Sign install that's got everything, all the drivers and stuff you need to run almost all the software. I'm working on doing a bunch of stuff with multi-view, so it's double-click to launch a lot of the games and, and other programs, too, to make it easy to use. Um, some people here have actually seen little sneak previews of that because i got, a, I think, six games up and running right now that are just double-click and go. Um, I'll be working on getting the Sierra games and some of the other ones into that as well. And then we're also going to start working on fixing some bugs in Nitro 9, though I don't think I'm going to wait until that's done before we release the image. I want to get something out there for people to fiddle with, and, and you know, if they have any questions, they can ask. Uh, but basically, it's, it's, it's starting to come along. My time is starting to free up. Bill's time is starting to free up. I think Dave's should be fairly soon. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, Dave. I'm not sure where you are with your rebuilding everything. It's it's going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he might be a bit behind on that. But, uh, yeah, we, we're hoping to get something out sometime in November. And we'll probably do some revisions to it a little bit later. And then later on, once we've got a fairly complete uh, hard drive image ready to go then we'll start making some little custom versions with drive wire support and stuff like that but I wanted something that was standardized and simple that support the majority of the users interested in. I think most of us do with Coco SDCs at this point there's been well over half a thousand sold sure. and of course simulators work for VCC and, and MAME and everything else too so uh, that's that's the goal and uh, we're working towards it that's your story and you're sticking to it ease of, sorry say that again Nick I step on you <laughs> ease of use Ease of use, yes. So, oh, I should so, mention there's going to be some system requirements. Um, you will need 512K. You can run OS9 Nitrous 9 under 128K, but that severely limits some of the stuff you can do. Sure. A lot of the games don't run. So we decided to make a, a base that OS9 Nitrous 9 will run comfortably and not where you have to do a bunch of weird crap just to get it to boot. So that's one, one requirement that it will require. And that's cool. That's something worth looking forward to. Anything to add, Dave? Mm, no, no. It, it, well, uh, don't, don't, don't forget 80 column. Right now, it still needs 80 column, too. Eh. We'll, we'll fix that. Right well, I wanted to boot up in composite, because I know some of people like you know, Rick Adams at first, when he was trying to boot, he couldn't read the screen. Uh, Jim Brain, when he was trying to test the 2 meg upgrade card, he couldn't read the screen either, because it was an 80 column. So we're going to make a 40 column boot as a standard on the main it's screen. Just a problem. Yet. Pardon me? That is no longer a problem. I have 80 columns now. Hey, we're good. I have actually booted the Fable Nitrous 9, and I have, uh, and I can actually read it. So now I, I, I can get far enough with an OS 9 boot to know just how little I know what I'm doing. <laughs> man, he's welcome to OS 9. He's a true renaissance man. We will be making it a column boot, though, just so that people that are running on composite or on displays that aren't quite as good can still read it. And, yes. you know, the other windows can I have be three words. Ease of use. <laughs> That's the goal, and that, and that dream may become a reality before you know it, right? 
So, yeah, just uh, promising easier use. Easier use. <laughs> Baby steps. You won't have to be a rocket surgeon, to quote Don Cherry. Where do we find the discs? They're not up yet because we're still working on it, but uh, it'll be posted. I'll probably put it on my site. Uh, David, do you remember how much it compresses down to? You know, I don't know if it would fit easily on Facebook or not. Um, 128 meg, but that's not compressed. I don't know. Facebook, well, we would probably be better just put a link to a website on Facebook. Or we can put it on the get, forum. Links get lost. You links po- get lost po- real yeah. easily. Post it to Why the forum. Yeah, we can put it in a few different places. We can put it on the Color Computer Archive. We can put it on the forum. You know, it's places to put it. But Color Computer Archive is probably a good single point of reference. Yeah. We can have some mirrors yep. of it. And we can um, have versions on them, too, so that if, if we do updates later, that you'll know which is the latest one. Ah, there you go. Uh, Organization. So do you want to talk about some of the progress you were making with some of the VDG stuff and things that did not used to work on Nitrous 9 that now kind of do, or is that still um, not ready for prime time? Um, if you're talking like like the Cave Walker and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we came up with a patch because what it's doing is it's actually cheating and programming the PAARQs directly. It's bypassing the operating system entirely. And somewhere along the line in Nitrous 9, that got broke since level 2. And it was actually broke, apparently, from what David was testing, I think, even back to the last few versions I worked on around 2001. So I'm not quite sure exactly what got changed. I know we optimized the bejesus out of the IRQ routine, so maybe it, that's where it happened. So it's a, it's a matter of figuring out what what was changed. Is it worthwhile changing it back, or should I just patch Cavewalker to you know use a VIRQ, which is what it was designed for? That's what Flight Sim 2 uses. All the Sierra games, they all are doing the same thing the Cavewalker is trying to do, except they do it through a legal OS9 call as opposed to trying to reprogram the hardware on the fly. So I have to, I have to get into a bit more details on that to figure out which is the best way to approach it. I also don't okay. know how many other games are affected yet at this point with that exact same problem. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Okay. there were games that used to work on real level 2 that stopped working on Nitrous 9 level 2 that... There may be a brighter future where they will work on that again. Right? Yeah. And if anybody's the... tried other ones, like I know Interbank Incident has some problems, though, from what I think Barry had checked or somebody had checked, taken a look at it. It's not the same problem. It's okay. a different. Um, so we know that one. We know Cavewalker is a problem. I don't know if anybody else has tried stuff like Biosphere and stuff I haven't had time to yet. But if anybody else has tried any other level one games and they're not working properly in level two, let us know which ones they are. You can even email the general um, you know, podcast show account and Steve will make sure it gets to me. And then I can start looking into some of those issues as well now that I have time. Very cool. Hey, Grant, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, how's everybody doing today? Good, good, good. We're going to probably run a commercial here in just a minute, but I was just curious to know, did you have a newbie question of the week for us this week? Uh, yes, I do, actually. All right. Well, you hold that thought. We're going to take a commercial. We'll be back. Hold and on. we're going to hear about the newbie question of the week. I'm sorry, David. Were you going to say something? Yeah. Um... To comment on Curtis's request for the file size, it's uh, roughly 18 meg, currently compressed. Mm. Okay. It'll get, be getting bigger before we release it because we'll be adding more software, but that's, that's good to know. That'll fit easily in Facebook, I think, if you want to throw it up okay. there as well. Put it everywhere. That's my, my motto. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Very cool. All right. We're going to run a commercial, and we'll be right back in two and two. Hi, I'm Mike Rowan, and you're watching the original gamer, Stevie Stroh. And when you're done watching, come over and listen to the Coco Crew Podcast. 
What's going on everybody? The Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here and I want to talk to you about Amacoconut.com. If you love the color computer like I love the color computer, then you gotta visit Amacoconut.com, your one-stop shop for all of your Tandy Color Computer Links needs. There you'll find links to blogs and podcasts and project sites and emulators and downloads and groups and communities. If you love the color computer, head on over to Amacoconut.com. That's I-M-A, Coconut.com. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Coco forever, people. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I needed to give a real family pleaser. Honey, please help me with this budget. How about a new game, Dad? Please. And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2. On sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, manages. It's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2. Sale price for Christmas. Only at Radio Shack. Hi, this is Mark Overholzer, and you're listening to Coco Talk, the nation's leading weekly live talk show about the Tandy Color Computer. All right, and we are back on Coco Talk. You just heard from Mark Overholzer. <laughs> who is sharing a vcc screen right now that is me i just wanted to show this is what uh, multi-view this is the 40 column default we'll be setting up so it works ah, on composite. okay and that's just showing a couple of games we've got installed you just double click and okay. they run so battleship to... cubist lander coco Thello, pack os9 solitaire and trek very ease cool of use. ease of use you've got so that's a... just kind of a sneak preview for you yeah i like very it very pretty very pretty the uh Never seen a more pure shade of grayscale in my life, and my eyes are in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's so next. Didn't most of you have color? Yeah, but uh, to get the 3D look properly, you have to kind of pick the colors carefully from dark to light. I know, like, Bill used to use a cyan gray mixture. I used to use a red and yellow and white and black mixture that, that worked pretty well, so that you can change it up yourself when you get the image, but... Grayscale was a standard that the level two upgrade that Kevin Darling and them had done was doing, so I kind of followed that for now. Yeah, it looks, no, it looks looks very good. I remember a, a blue gray, kind of a steel gray. Yeah, that's one that's that Bill favored. Yeah, I liked it, but uh, I had a hard time with uh, dealing with setting up all the icons. <laughs> yeah, run one of the games just so we can see how it launches. Uh, any request? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Pack OS 9 or... Okay, written by Larry E. Olson. That came out pretty quick. Well, that was easy. Ease of use. Yes. <laughs> select joystick port by pressing the button. Right port. Now I'm going to try to play with a mouse. This is going to suck. And you're not getting the sound, of course. No. Okay. Ah, look at that. This is, looks a hell of a lot better than Necromantis' Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> you see what it's you've been missing, wild. Nick? Well, see, <laughs> I can multitask with it, so it is running better than Nick's Pac-Man. Aaron, Nick, let's give Nick the background. <laughs> That's cute. And this is graphical. This is not text or fonts or anything, right? This is using actual screen draw routines. 
320 by 192 by 16. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Even so as high that one? Safe, notice, Nick. Yeah. Who wrote that, Pac-Man? Uh, Larry Olson did. This was a second version. He had a, an earlier version as well. Okay. Oh, yeah, I imagine it's got to be challenging using a mouse to steer a maze, huh? Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> trying to play Popstar with a mouse like Bill was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's even worse. Bill tried joining us on Minecraft from his iPhone, and he's trying to steer with his touchscreen. We're like, dude, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they make a mobile version of the game, but it's worthless. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't have any problems. Of course, I had a controller. <laughs> yeah. All right. You got the high score. I got the high score. Very cool. So and come. Do what, what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to accomplish. So coming soon well, to a Coco near you. It's the ease well, of the use version of Nitrous Nut. Ease of use version. Yeah. <laughs> Even I could understand how to launch it then. And there's the 80 uh, column version. We're going to default it to 40 so that it runs properly in everybody's machine, whether you have an RGB or out capable output or not. But you can change it afterwards. Okay. How to do that? We'll, we'll probably make a re release video, kind of going through some tips and tricks for the for the beginners. So. Sounds very good. nice. Wow. A gooey on the cocoa. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that's all I wanted to show, just to kind of give you guys a preview of what, what we're working on. All right. Very, very cool. Well, we Take my money. Take my money. Darn it. Why are we using this freeware? With, with, all of the, with all of your pop star <laughs> pilot... Me. Yeah, with all of your pop star pilot proceeds, you should be a, uh, a financial backer on this. <laughs> well, not after I bought the last two Ferraris. <laughs> Uh-oh. Barry Nelson, you're giving us some echo feedback. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. It's okay. Welcome, Barry Nelson. All right, so Grant Leedy, are you ready for the newbie question of the week? Yes, Steve. Go ahead. Uh, and... Let me go ahead and introduce you properly, sir, because this is a professional show. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Newbie Talk with Grant Leedy featuring the newbie question of the week. Take it away, Grant That was your cue. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a uh, simple question for everybody today. Uh, now that we have uh, a new forum and now the uh, Discord chat, and uh, just want to kind of touch base and what are the good resources to go for the Coco uh, questions and finding out things for newbies? Uh, why should you go to uh, Facebook over the forum or, or the forum over the mailing list? All of the above. <laughs> so let me make sure I understand the question. What is the single best place to go to get a question answered? Or, or what, why would you go, why would you go to the mailing list uh, instead of Facebook? Or why would you go to the forum to get a question answered instead of going to Discord? Well, Discord is the, yeah. Discord is still yes. Discord is still kind of a even though it's been publicly advertised. I don't know that everybody uses it so. The two places that everybody goes is half of everybody's in Facebook, half of everybody's in the list, and there's some overlap there. So those are the two common places that have been around since the dawn of time. Um, there are, and they do so, have specialties, too, because the list is, yeah. is, seems to be favoring more of the OS9 users because that's what they've been using for 30 years, whereas Facebook is more the I, 
the newbies or the game players and that kind of stuff. It, not completely, like you said, there's overlap, but mm-hmm. it, it tends to be that the OS9 people hang on the list more than they do in Facebook. The list seems to be a little bit more technical, a little bit more, yes. a little bit more higher level of expertise in the um, in the members there, and there's a lot of things being shared in that sense. So I guess my, my, my response would be if you have a highly technical question, then maybe throw it to the list. If it's a general question, throw it out to Facebook. All right, cool. All right. And then I have one other question, too, and uh, this is more for myself. Um, for the SDC image, for the uh, images with all the games and everything on it, where can we get that from? I don't know. Barry wants to chime in on that. There's, there's, there. I think there's some on the uh, Color Computer Archive. Yeah, is the Ultimate yeah. STC list on there still? That, that was one zip that had thousand disk images or whatever. I've got a uh, disk image I've published out there that has both. Um, it's partition. It's got an OS9 boot partition and a bunch of uh, RSDOS floppy partitions on it, just like our, like just like you used to have on an old style Coco hard drive if you had it partitioned. Um, and there's a uh, special uh, HDB DOS ROM that works with the Coco STC to access all of those virtual floppies. Um, you, of course, you've got a lot of stuff that just likes to run off a single floppy disk, so you just copy the, uh, the floppy image onto your SD card. Um, there's no big you know, image. Um, you, know, you just go to the archive and, and copy down what you want and, and put it in the appropriate fo- folders, organize it how you want. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a thing that was called the Ultimate SDC image uh, from a couple years back. I remember I bought it at CocoFest uh, on a kind of looked like a cassette and it was actually a USB stick. And it basically has like 1,200 uh, disk images pre installed, organized by Coco 1 and 2, whether they're utilities or games and stuff. If that's actually on the archive, and I think it is, I haven't looked in a while. Um, that's a good starting point because you'd have a whole bunch of stuff ready to go, whether you use it all or not, or, or you know, want to take time to explore it. But rather than you know having to download and then copy over you know file by file for a thousand disk images, that's one that's kind of got a good pre-start. It won't have the most recent stuff, obviously, mm-hmm. at this point. But that sounds like a good starting point. I just wanted to chime in regarding uh, resources for new users and questions. We have a new resource for for new users, which is just now coming online, which is the rainbow.online, which is a uh, online uh, publication we are trying to kick off and get started. Yeah, that's kind of the topic of today's show, which we'll, we haven't quite got to yet, but yeah, we will definitely be talking about that. Sneak preview. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, there, there, there's the kind of the two pillars of... Um, of communication channels, right? There's the mailing list and there's Facebook. Now, as far as resources, there's a ton of resources. A good single source is the Color Computer Archive, but there are other ones, you know. Um, we now have a forum, which I've made public and I've invited people to, and we've got, you know, we've got 45-some-odd people using the forum. There's actually a lot of assembly discussions going on there right now, so the forum is getting pretty technical, so I would say it's kind of on par with some mailing list topics. Um I'm not going to get back into that debate or, you know, I'm not going to try to promote it or preach it, but it's there and some people are using it. Um, so that is a resource, but that's not a commonly known resource and it might not be a widely adopted or used one, but it's one that's that will also be there. And so uh, shameful plug, you know, I 
created amacoconut.com as a place just to put everything under one roof that you can kind of look for and see what's out there and 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 peruse the the plethora of um, cocoa content that's out there. It looks like I lost the the live stream again. Did my YouTube streaming stop? No, YouTube streaming is still streaming, but yeah, we lost it on the on the feed. Um, all right, so uh, so yeah, when I bought my cocoa SDC from Ed Snyder at the time. I bought an SD card with it, and it had those folders. There was one that was called Games-C2, which was Color Computer Games. There was one that was called Games-C3, which was Color Computer 3 Games. There was a Utilities folder. There was a Dragon folder. Um, I don't know if that is what you're referring to as being the original Ultimate No, uh, there was image. a bigger bigger one that also had, like, scans of PDFs of all the Rainbow Archive or Magazine Archives and a bunch of documentation scanned in PDF format. It had more than the standard SD card that Ed sent out. Well, what I liked about that one is because what you also have to bear in mind is if you're going to mount a disk image in the Coco SDC, the file name needs to be needs to conform to that 8.3 naming convention. And not only that, but if it's uh, if it's one that has multiple disk images, um, is that the one that Matt Witt made two years ago yeah. for Coco Fest? Yeah, so yeah, he basically he downloaded the Color Computer Archive to that flash drive. Yeah. So that's exactly what that is. That was I think a at one point there was a zip of basically duplicating this, which is mm. you know, basically the whole archive at okay. that time. Um, we need a, a, a USB drive that looks like a cassette tape. Huh? Yeah, not only that, but he had also purchased a, um, a... Let me make you big for a second there, Curtis. One second. So, yeah, so he printed a label for it. So, yeah, it looks like a cassette tape, and, and the USB drive kind of pops out of the bottom. But he also had he had purchased new in box some of the cardboard mailers. So it was a white Radio Shack cassette mailer. And so when you bought this, you were getting the, the flash drive that looks like a cassette and the cassette mailer. And this was from April of 2015, but this was an entire dump of the Color Computer Archive taken at that time. So that was uh, Matt Witt's little project that he brought. Um, which was pretty it's neat. It's a really good idea. Yeah. Oh, and I was just going to say about your forum, uh, Steve. I think the forum is an excellent place for for having discussions that are a little bit more organized than Facebook that can persist because what happens is stuff gets pushed off of Facebook mm -hmm. you know, by newer, you know, whereas on the forum you can uh, flag a, a thread to be sticky if you have important technical information in there, etc. Yeah. And it's probably a little bit easier to search and find stuff. That's yeah. what I like about the forum. Well, well, you're entitled to your opinion, but we can agree to disagree. No, I'm just being difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you. <laughs> I totally agree with everything he said. <laughs> I don't Steve agree with what I, I don't agree with what <laughs> Curtis just said. So I'm being difficult. Drama's good. Drama's good for ratings. Let's stir it up on the show here. <laughs> we all agree, Steve wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I like I the idea I of the form. I don't like drama in my cocoa. I, I actually just like to. Mm have discussions get stuff to work and, and play games and yeah and yeah and and i do appreciate the fact that you've stepped up and, and wrote something for the um for our, for our little online rainbow too so and you've been uh, contributing to the forum so much appreciated um all right so we've heard um oh, i got one more thing else oh uh oh uh oh we're going into overtime now okay <laughs> it's just it's just very very quick i just want to let everybody know especially if there's anybody new listening with a uh uh, SDC that there is a new manual now on uh, Facebook. I oh, just downloaded it yesterday. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Tim Linders. Yep. 
Yeah, yes. I should probably put a link to that out there. If somebody wants to put a link to that and stick it in the YouTube chat uh, for the viewing public at home, that would be great uh, for you guys who don't know about it. Um, yeah, so there there has been a manual, and it's been on the website. Um, so what's so what's the what's the story? Who who created again? What's the gentleman's name? Darren Atkins. Darren Atkinson. Darren Atkinson is who created the Coco SDC in the original version. At some point in time, Ed Snyder picked it up and started producing and, and selling them. So it's not Ed's creation. Ed is now yeah. the manufacturer, so to speak, or the distributor. And Darren still does the programming of the microcontroller right. stuff that's inside, too. So, so Darren's right. doing the, the firmware upgrades and the DOS upgrades, yeah. and they've been upgraded several times since I've owned mine. Um, and, and so now there's a really nice manual because things have changed since the Coco SDC came out. For example, the SDC Explorer, which is now a GUI for that. And so the ability to have an auto exec disk image, um, to the, the ability to configure your Coco SDC and tell which disk image to automatically mount, which you can do. And then if you put an auto exec.bass file in one of those floppies, it will run something. So we can have self-booting SD cards now, um, which is really cool. And so you can configure that to, to launch the uh, SDC Explorer and menu browse your content, which is a heck of a lot easier than the old way. Kind of like what they're doing with Nitrous 9 now. It's added some ease of use to the SDC. Um, the ability to stream media has come from it now, too. So there's, you know, there's the uh, video streaming, like some Ed Snyder's demos with the video files and the audio streaming of the um, MIDI files to the, or whatever you want to call them, those songs, electronic songs to, to stream to some of the sound Even hardware. Even this show as a podcast, uh, you can listen to yeah. directly on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, SDC has evolved, and there's a manual right now that's kind of encapsulated all of the most current um, stuff that's going on there. Brian Joyce has just joined us. Hello to you, Brian Joyce. Welcome. And um, yeah, so that's cool that that's out there now, and so it's an, an official package for that. Um, yeah, very cool. So uh, yeah, cool. So Grant, have we addressed your questions? Yes, we're in good shape. Did anybody want to throw anything else out there as far as what you guys suggest uh, you should, where you should direct your questions or any of your input? I, I would mention your site, imacoconut.com, because you've got subsections of like blogs that are related and, and, and different sub-genres so you can find everything else. Because, I mean, we could go and mention like my site and cococrew.org and nitrous9.org and a bunch of others, but you can basically just find them all on yours. Yep, yep. Somebody's got a little feedback going on there. Um... Yeah, so I guess it depends on the question, and if you're not sure, throw it out in as many places as possible, and one of them will give you the answer you're looking for, um, which I think is what a lot of people do. Most people will sometimes post something in both places. I'll post it in the mailing list, and I'll post it on um, uh, you know, Facebook, and you might get different different you know versions of the same answer or arrive at a similar conclusion things like that okay so brian says i tried to get up at 4 a.m couldn't do it he must be in australia too like nick is so yeah so nick's a trooper for getting up at 4 a.m and joining us um all right so let's take a quick commercial and then we're going to jump into the main topic and we're gonna we're gonna hear from ron we're going to talk about the rainbow revival and get everybody to chime in on that so we'll be right back in just a minute folks Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom in Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. Get ready. 
What's going on everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here, and if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get I'm a Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. plans after school. You know what Elliot's gonna do? Jeff, too. Elliot's at work on a book report using Scripsit on Radio Shack's Color Computer 3. It hooks up to his TV. And Jeff's at his Radio Shack Color Computer 3 playing the newest football game. But wait, what's Elliot doing playing new Super Pitfall? And Jeff's having a blast with a new math tutor. You never know what you might try with more than 100 programs for fun and learning. Radio Shack's Color Computer 3 comes with everything you see here. Other items each sold separately. Only at Radio Shack. All right, well, we are back. Uh, Ron, are you almost ready? Because I need to make sure I introduce you properly. Yes. All right, well, we're going to have a little Ron's Garage introduction here. So hold on, hold, fasten your seatbelt, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Ron's Garage with Ron Delvo. And today we will not be peeking into the past into Ron's Garage, but we're still going to see something cool because when it comes to cool, Ron's our man. Take it away, Ronnie. <laughs> what a catchy tune. Well, it is a catchy tune. You know, any chance you know who made that tune? My son. <laughs> I have a little hardware project that I've been working on. I ah. have a 16K color computer here. And okay. what do you guys think of a project whereas I can sell these uh, guards? If you can see that on the edge of my computer. Oh, look at that. A keyboard guard to protect the uh, spray paint job on the... Yeah, on the... what do you think of that? I like it. Is it also kind of... Is it, uh, is, it, <laughs> is it slightly like padded or cushioned or is it rigid? It's it's just a seventeen dollar item anybody can afford. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's it's, uh, it's way too several decades late too late for mine. Yeah, mine's pretty black, so it's gray. It can be adapted to a white cabinet. Okay. Neat, neat, neat. It's not well. Um, you can go ahead and put up the the. Um, magazine thing all right Let's so through it page by page and okay so the, so the topic today is hot on the heels of um of facebook which has got no shortage of um people who like to talk about things but um we've been talking about a rainbow magazine and it kind of started with uh, ron with all of his you know artistic artistry uh throwing up all these cool mock covers he threw up a cover you know, like a, a faux rainbow covers. Would like, what would a rainbow look like today? Would rainbow be talking about the Coco Crew podcast and the fact that new games are still being started. made? And... What's that? I was just saying, see what you went and started now. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> so, he, so he did kind of this mock-up thing, and that got a lot of people talking about. Hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool to have a rainbow magazine? And you know, 
everybody's uh, chiming in. Yes, it would be cool. And should it be quarterly? Would it be monthly? Is it timely? Is it really news by the time it hits a magazine? What's it going to cost? Who's going to pay for it? So we can talk about all those things. But in the meantime, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, you can talk to talk or you can walk the walk. And so Ron actually walked the walk and he has actually produced a, um, a mock-up or the beginning uh, of a rainbow magazine. So here you see the cover. And it looks really nice, right? It looks like what the rainbow would kind of look like here. And we got our different cocos on the cover. We got the hot and cold splash back there, which looks really neat. And then here we have the inside of the first page. And it just looks really cool. It looks very retro. Um, so under the rainbow features, well, we have uh, uh, Coco Talk is being featured, Tandy Assembly is being featured, the SDC in its features by Ron Delvaux, the Coco Crew podcast. Um, two guys in a mic, Roku on a Coco TV channel. Who would have imagined, you know, that we would see the Coco on television at, at any given time? You know what I mean? It's just like the fact that there's Coco on TV is pretty impressive, right? So there's your table of contents. Then we get into a hardware project, music card add-on, vendors for the Coco. Who can fix my Coco, right? New games and software, retro ads. And so, yeah. So Tandy Assembly is featured. So I love this. We start off with a print number negative two. Do you want to read this in your own words, Ron, so I don't screw it up, or do you want me to read it for you? Uh, yours is a little pixelated. I have to bring mine up real quick. Hang on a second. All right. It's, It'd be good to hear it in, in, in your voice and okay. not mine. Yeah, here it goes. Okay, I got it up. It says, <clears throat> we as a group of, of old and a mixture of new Color computer enthusiasts have a variety of op opinions on how this magazine should be. I saw a lapse of time go by where nothing was getting done, so I jumped in with both feet, took on the job. Two things came to mind as I was working on it. First one was, uh, this thing's going to take a tremendous amount of time. And number two, once it's done, I'm, gonna, I'm using a software package that's not mainstream. It's not, uh, you know, Apple or whatever, so... It's actually um, CorelDRAW. Okay. Um, so whoever wants to continue doing this thing is going to have to convert some files or figure a way to continue the magazine. I'd like to thank uh, Mark Overholzer because uh, he called and helped and he, while I was working away on it, and he's a nice guy. When I was first exposed to the computer, I had some deep... You know, the cocoa, I had deep feelings that the machine was going to be a challenge that I could tackle. Yeah, I pretty much did. I hope uh, we can come to some agreement on the content of this magazine so in the end there aren't hard feelings or bad th things that happen. We, we all have a love for this machine. Then uh, you would think that goals would fall in line and we'd all get this thing done and at the same time uh, and have the same feeling we had when the rainbow first came into our hands the very first time. Very cool, very cool. And uh, article. my article's not in the index. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is the offline version, so you know, it's yeah. like we we got to continuously divide things. So, <laughs> so we remember the Coco Cat. This was from the July 1986 issue of the Rainbow. It was a dry transfer for a T-shirt included between the pages. Wow, it Look was actually in reverse. Yeah, uh, I still have mine. Forward. Coco Cat Fan Club member. That's pretty cool. So um, here's a picture of me, which is kind of scary. That's not good for uh, for readership whatsoever. So yeah, my first suggestion would be to um, to get rid of that. <laughs> 
And then now we have some pictures from Tandy Assembly. Here's a picture of part of my little setup here. There's my Neil Blanchard Coco, my uh, uh, Sega Joypad adapter, and uh, Pac-Man was running. I was also running uh, Popstar Pilot. Here's some of, uh, looks like Peter Satinsky's setup here with all of his. So yeah, nice little full page ad kind of showing off some of, um, there's some more pictures from Tandy Assembly. Y cable. Over, uh, scan these from your video. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah, for doing just, that, Mark. What, what format just, is this? Uh, is this thing currently in? PDF. It, it's a PDF that he posted to Facebook, so you can get this from Facebook. Um, yeah. So the up-and-coming VGA monitor. Here's Rick Adams with his bomb threat. Right. There's Rick behind. Rick in his booth. There's bomb threat running on the uh, Raspberry Pi and bomb threat running on a real Coco Three. Very nice. Here is a list of the keynote speakers from Tandy Assembly. Very nice. Uh, and some of the other speakers. And uh, we covered it, and we will cover any major gathering of the Coco community. Very, very cool. A little nice little ad for Coco Talk. I like that. That's right. Uh, the Color Computer SDC Super Duper Computer. <laughs> the Color <laughs> Super Duper Computer. I like that. So here's your Coco SDC cartridge. The fact that we can now... Um, this is what some people are thinking about doing is distributing software on an SD card because we can make it auto boot. You can put a config file to load a floppy image, mount a floppy image, put an auto exec launcher on the, on that floppy and have self launching, um, things. So that's very cool. Nice picture. Here's the picture of the actual manual that we were just talking about, right? So right. John, yeah, John Strong is making cases. There's been the original case was kind of this acrylic one here. That's very cool looking. I think Tim Lindner designed that one. Yep. Um, the Coco SDC was designed to go inside the original plastic casing of, of an original floppy uh, controller, right? Yep. Right. And it was kind of that was its original footprint, so you could just repurpose that plastic. Um, so yeah, we get into talking about the Coco SDC. Nice article here. I won't read the whole thing. Um, this is kind of showing you how you can load up your different disks, and there's got a link to where you can get to the Coco SDC on the web. The, uh, it replaces thousands of floppies. That is very, very true. It really does. Yes, and we have the Color Computer Archive. So for those of you who don't know, it's, the, it's called colorcomputerarchive.com. It's a great place to go to get stuff. So it's nice to see that in the magazine. Remember the software you used back when? New the Color Computer? It is right here in the TRS-80 Color Computer Archive. I like that guy. He's cool looking, right? So here's a nice ad for the Coco Crew podcast. Very nice, very nice. Neil Blanchard, John Linville. I really like that, John. Is he there? John still with us? Should be. Uh, well, always nice to see uh, some publicity. That's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you haven't got the bill yet. <laughs> so uh, do you think I can pull uh, some of this content out of this PDF and post it to the online uh, version of the Rainbow? Why not? Yeah, we'll get there. And these are the early these are the early stages of this. So yes, so, now we're go ahead. I can send you. Steve, yeah, so comment a comment there since this is already in a PDF. I know this is just a mock-up, but I can set up a PDF viewer on the the um, Rainbow Online site. That way, they can view the whole thing. Right. And then we I can was make thinking for the for the short term to take the text and some of the pictures out and put them in an online format. To the uh, the online site, so they actually appear as articles, etc. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Well, either way, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out. 
Um, so, so yeah, this is kind of cool. This is something I'm interested in and I want to see, but there's Coco TV on Roku. I, I need to get a Roku to see this. So, hey, uh, if you look carefully, uh, you see the Coco TV um, logo there. But if you look to the right, you'll yeah. see Coco as a little cartoon feature. <laughs> yeah, because there's a movie coming out that's called Coco. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting. It's right? a color Coco logo. <laughs> yeah, right next to Coco TV. What's that? Is that Disney? Better, better be careful about that. They'll be suing somebody. <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of hard well, to sue over one word. Fire so, art. So I liked. So this is what Coco TV looks like, huh? So we've got old commercials. Yeah. We've got some of the Pen Fest stuff. That's pretty cool. So yeah, I'm very curious to see this. Now, at the end of the day, this is all stuff you can see on YouTube. But if it's all put together in one channel and you can kind of surf it with your remote from the couch, it's kind of cool, right? Um, so I'm definitely curious in seeing what that channel looks like. So uh, the Coco community is strong, proud, and loyal, dedicated, and passionate. With new hardware and software being developed all the time, there's never a better time to get in on the Coco hobby. Those very, are very cool. Birds. I took it from <laughs> Coconut. The reason why I put that there is because it has a list of all the current stuff right there. And I think, um, you know, if we do have a magazine, we should have a place that uh, has all these links to all the really cool stuff to go to and uh, yeah. find things. And, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I just threw that there as a matter of having that on record, you know, as a place to, and that, your place is pretty, uh, you know, together. Yeah. That's very cool. I and like I, it. At first I was going to make, uh, um, OS nine, like windows there. <laughs> <laughs> you can window. And that was the idea. Neat, neat, neat. I'm a coconut.com. Your one-stop shop for all your time. Okay, so here's the Coco PSG review, and this is reviewed by who? Uh, who wrote this one? Mr. Overholzer, I believe. Okay. All right. So here's the link to the thing. Tested on a 128k Coco 3 with an upgraded MPI uh, by Mark D. Overholzer. Let's face it, stock Coco has had better sound. All right. So I won't read the whole thing now, but that's cool. And this is on Facebook, and hopefully we'll get this link to our site too. I am looking forward to reading that later. Um, looking good. Uh, picture of the card. Interesting looking card there. Uh, OS 9 and its newer big brother, Nitrous 9, on Facebook. That's right. We've got a Nitrous 9 group on Facebook. You've got to love that. Nitrous 9 takes advantage of that Hitachi processor, as everyone should. Okay. Now, who can upgrade my Coco from 128 to 512? Well, these fine vendors can. Cloud 9 can. We should also throw in there Boyce and Tech, Richard Lorbieski. He can right. do it too. Yeah. Yeah, we need uh that's why it's empty cuz I Yeah, I didn't, you, got, well, you got room. Yeah. New games, Bomb Threat by Rick Adams and look at all these guys here. This is from last year's Coco Fest, right? So John Linville's got a bunch of offerings. Uh Flood it's a new one, uh Bomb Squad. Now we have um uh la 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 la, la Popstar Pilot and Bomb Threat is a new one. Uh Forest of Doom is coming out. So, yeah, it's an exciting time for new games for the color computer. And, yeah. and Lumberman, we should probably add in there, too. Lumberman, yes. For, oh, yeah, yeah. Lumberman's. And then and I it like... It just so happens that's the only game spot there is in there. You know, yeah. and, and, and the, um, you know, the Rainbow had tons of game stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we got to get more games being developed. Yeah, I like the retro ads, too. Those are very cool. The ultimate yeah, color computer. And I labeled it retro ads so they won't call those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call now, toll free. Be curious to see who who answers that phone now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Heat up your cocoa. New hard drives. Ooh, a five megabyte for $495. Sign me up for that one. I remember there were a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) J&M. To be on the back end of... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Ron, you did a hell of a job. You threw together a great little first um, Rainbow Magazine. And, you know, you have to start. You have to start somewhere. And this is a great start. So... We've got some talented people in our group. Certainly, Ron, you're one of them with your yep. your your art and your imagination and your kind of design skills. Um, I know Bruce Moore has got some ideas on some ways he might be able to get things published because um, Bruce is working on a book for his um, for his uh, Forest of Doom. Oh, somebody's mentioning in the chat, Tim Franklin. He says. Um, we need to have software listings like in the old Rainbow, right, where you can type in some programs. So that would be kind of uh, cool. We'll get in. That was that was on my to-do list to get. Yeah, uh, and I've so I've got a bunch of stuff that I don't think you know many people have uh, have seen that I've created and typed in over the years, etc. So, so so I'm gonna just show you real quick with the online version that I threw together, which is not anywhere nearly as impressive as Ron's, but you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta put your money where your mouth is and get something out there and then and build it and, and then and then you know let it grow. So we started a little website here that's called the rainbow dot online and again using some of Ron's artwork just to kind of get this things up and running here so the rainbow dot online um, we kind of showed off the cover saying hey this would be a kind of a cool idea if we do this and then so um, because it's a WordPress site this is not super perfect but it could work so we have the ability for you to register and then um, and then create an article so we've already got a couple articles created and so one of the first articles that was created was created by Barry Nelson and it's called the poor man's cocoa and here he's talking about what you can do with the cocoa and he suggests that you could use like your smartphone as a cassette recorder and save things to tape and load you know save things and record them as a wave file and 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 load them back so this was kind of our first little article submission by Barry Nelson, and I definitely want to thank you for doing that, Barry, because, you know, until we start stepping up and actually doing something and walking the walk, we're going to continue to, to, to discuss and debate and, and, and dream about what there might be. So we have something started. Hopefully it'll grow into something kind of cool. Hopefully there could be some crossover between whatever the paper version is going to be versus the online version. So we've got rooms for articles. I've posted a list of links here. So we've got a link to where you can view on archive.org all of the original Rainbow magazines. And these are kind of cool because you can flip the pages. I've also linked to all the magazines you can get to from the Color Computer Archive where you can download them in PDF. And there's many different versions. Some of them are text searchable and things like that. And then I've given you reference to I'm a Coconut. Coco Crew Org, um, which is the Coco Crew podcast, the uh, Coco Talk Live, and then Boise and Bill's book, which is the, um, you can go to Amazon to get that book. So these are some great resources here listed under links. We've got a little advertiser section here that will continue to flesh out kind of similar to what Ron did. So we've got like Pop Star Pilot and Bomb Threat listed here right now. And then um, we've just got some credits right now that just basically say that the artwork's done by Ron Delvaux and that um, and this was, I, I threw the website together, but Steve Batson is doing most of the heavy lifting right now of massaging pages and structure and stuff like that. So thank you, Steve, for, for taking over the wheel on this. And then thank you for Barry Nelson and Mark Overholzer also just contributed something as well. So if we get these little articles written, this can just be kind of a cool little thing where the community can all chime in and write a story or write a review or write us write a something, you know. So it's not perfect, but it's very easy to use. Here we go. Ease of use. And um, 
and uh, and it could hopefully evolve into something a little bit bigger and be you know an online magazine uh, maybe not as perfect as a real magazine but certainly consumable um, and because it's WordPress and it's responsive it'll it'll you can view it I was I was watching it on my phone so you can pull this thing up and view it on your phone in a tall mode or a wide mode and, and it works so so we have a couple of starting versions of what could be the rainbow you've seen those so now let's just talk about it and let's say let's wish in one hand and and let's see what, what do you guys think about this happening and what do you think the odds of success are and what do you think the best way this should be produced and you know distributed things like that success is a relative term so i i uh, regarding the column that i contributed i had planned it as part of a series that was targeted at people who had just recently reacquired or gotten their rainbow out of the closet you know like okay you know and and they really are not in a position yet where they want to spend a lot of money but they want to see you know what they can do with this equipment you know so, you know, I, I've, you know, that was the first, you know, article I was planning in a series of articles. I think my next one might talk about, you know, how they can easily set up a, a drive wire cable and get drive wire running with nothing but a, a cable and uh, their cassette interface to load the drive wire software on, you know, on the machine and get the machine up and, and start doing stuff with it with just, you know, a few wires and, you know. Yeah, the that yeah. Out, kind, of, you know. kind of like a Coco on a budget series, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and I'll cool. probably mention I'll probably mention some of the other options that they have that you know they can if they want to spend a little bit of money like the the Coco SDC and the Coco Flash, you know, and, and say okay, and these are options if you have some money to spend on it and you've decided hey, okay, now that I've gotten my 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 feet wet, you know, I want to go in and, and do some other stuff and okay, well here's some of the other things that you can do and what you know what's available. Yeah. Okay, Richard says he has to go. Thanks for being here, Richard. Yeah, my thought on it is uh, if you're going to have both, which it seems like that's the direction it's headed, that we should have some way of having... I guess my thought is that if the the uh, print version is just a reprint of what happened online, there's not there may not be a lot of interest as far as you know having it in print. So maybe having some way of having certain things online, certain things held for the print version, maybe. Well, know, the... the the print version is going to be the nicer of the two versions because with that type of publishing software, you've got a lot more control of what you can make pages look like and how much you fit on a page. With a website, you don't get that same level of visual control, at least with WordPress, you know. Um, and I'm not a custom web developer or anything else. So I, I think they're going to be two different things that are going to be overlapping and complementary to each other. Um, I think like what we're doing right now is going to be things where people can just write a bunch of articles and submit things and we'll create new pages and new sections and new content as this grows organically. But I don't think this is a replacement or a substitute for a real magazine. Um, I think the benefit of a real magazine, it's already been mentioned and we can hash it out here. And we, I, we've kind of all agreed that things happen so quickly. There's the monthly podcast, which by the way, I mentioned this too. The Coco Crew podcast has been the Rainbow Magazine for the past two years, right? That's where we all go to listen to, hear what's going on, right? So we've got uh, we've got the Rainbow we can listen to. We've got the Tonight Show, which is uh, the Coco Crew podcast. We've got the David Letterman Show, which is us, and then we've got um, you know, and then we're talking about a website, one one of a hundred thousand other Coco websites, and then a magazine. So where does the magazine fit in to be the most useful thing to me? And then Nick has brought this up. A lot of people brought this up. If it's a periodical that's kind of like 
All right, and like a perfect example is the year-end review. What's all the cool things that happened for 2017? You know, from from Coco Fest to Tandy Assembly to new products and new games that were released. Definitely an annual one, and it becomes a keepsake. It's a collectible thing. It's not necessarily a source of breaking news, but more of a chronicle of what's happened for the quarter or for the biannual or annual thing. To me, that's one thing that makes perfect sense. And people are going to want to have that, you know, especially if you were mentioned in it, you know, you would, of course, you want to have a magazine that you're in and you can show your friends and coworkers and things like that. And if you're just, it's another keepsake, you know, so that is one way that makes sense to me. Um, and I'm curious to hear what you, what, what, what makes sense to you guys and where this can be the best serving to us all, you know. I, I, I agree with that myself. Uh, the other things I would be at, you've tried to do some articles that are kind of like timeless, like Barry's proposed series on what you can do with a cocoa if you just picked one up at a Goodwill or whatever. I right. mean, as people come in a year or two later, that article will be of use to them as well, rather than picking something that just happened, you know, six months ago and kind of fades away. Um, so stuff like how-tos, um, reviews, that's timeless as well. Like if someone's right. looking at an old Pac-Man game and there's a review of ten different kinds, um, so that kind of stuff too. Basically, the timeless stuff and also the summary of the year. I think both of those are pretty good ideas for it. I, I would keep the, uh, the timeless stuff definitely in the. Uh, you know, I'd love to have it published in the in the print version. And I'd like to see a lot of overlap because it's you know they're both quote unquote the Rainbow Magazine. Um, there are certain things that will you know certainly lend themselves more towards being in the print version and really don't need to be in the online version. And, you know, there's other things that probably should be in both. And there's other things that can be in the online version that don't really need to be in the, in the print version. I, I would like to, to go through, and, and as I said, uh, this PDF, if, uh, if Ron doesn't mind, go through the PDF and pull out some of the stuff that I think might be good in the on, to have in the online site and put it in as an article, if, if that's okay with you, Ron. Sure. Okay. I'm yeah. honored. If you do, if you do any, if you use any of the artwork I've done. Okay. So and yeah, mainly you know I want to yeah some some of the pictures and stuff and and uh, and and go through and look and see what I is in there for articles that we can put in there, and yeah the I, I figured that the online version of the rainbow, I I, I envision that as having a, a fairly wide readership compared to any print version that we put out because it's going to be easier for people to access. You know, the web is, you know, everybody's got access to the web these days. And uh, I want to put useful information there, you know, for, you know, somebody who has their color computer. You know, what I was thinking, maybe put some real ads there that for uh, for stuff that would be useful to them, like a real ad for the Coco SDC. And, yep. Yeah. And a, and a real ad for the Coco Flash, which would link over to uh, yeah, Jim, Jim Brain's site. Yeah. The Jim Brain site, etc. So, so you know, you know, okay. Well, if I want to order a memory upgrade, okay, I can go to Cloud Nine or Jim Brain for that. Uh, you know, if I want to order a uh, an SDC, I can order it from from this person over here, etc. Yep. 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 Links links to like Coco Crew also. You know, things yeah, you can listen to exactly. right now. Yep. Yep. No, and the online version can the online version can also have unique things like if you're say doing a review of a game, I mean you can do a print review with a couple of screenshots, but you can actually have a video of the game playing. Yeah, like a link to the YouTube video of, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they both serve different markets and I don't think one is better than the other and um, like so the you know the the web thing could almost be a daily digest where things could be happening in real time, new posts could be happening all the time and the the print version is definitely periodical. I don't know if it makes sense to do it monthly, 
Uh, I know Ron has been using quarterly on his on his headers for now. Maybe that's your target right now, Ron, is quarterly or quarterly or twice a year. It just yeah. depends on. Um, I think you know, I think once or twice a year is probably a good target because of the over overview overhead of uh, of actually doing a print run. Yeah, yeah. I think it comes down to what is it what's it going to cost, right? I mean, right. if you're going to be able to do four a year at, I don't know, I'm just throwing a number, but say, you know, $10 an issue or something, then well, it's doable. Uh, but if you're, you know, I, I think yeah, it's going to come down to... What's it going to cost and how many people are going to want to pay for it and what are they willing to pay for it? Right. Well, well I mean, like, if, if I mean, if Bruce, if Bruce Moore's looking at doing this in print, which it sounds like he's kind of the guy heading that up, then, you know, what's his cost? You know, how many, what's the minimum he has to print to get a decent price? You know, I mean, kind of need to know all the information. Right, well, I, but there's there's a lot of places that do things on demand, too. Like, my T-shirts are on demand, DVDs are on demand. So, if there's a place that will produce and print on demand, then the overhead becomes moot. And then it just becomes the cost is what the cost is. And people, the people right. who want it will buy it. That right. makes the most sense to get it off the ground. You know, yeah, I mean, if there's a place uh, like that, that'd be fantastic. I just yeah, and I know. think there is, because that's what he's using to produce the Forest of Doom um, okay. user guide. Um, so I don't, you know, I know there's, I know we live in a time now where you know you can get circuit boards made for you. You can outsource just about anything. There's lots of places that will produce things on demand, and so that 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 simplifies creation and distribution, but it's not the most cost-effective way to do it. But it's a good way to start. You know, yeah. right. And if you can well, get people committed, then you can get bulk. And you can right, get right, right. I, th I think the numbers that Bruce had pulled up to get something like a 64 to 84 page full color magazine was about $15 a pop to have those produced. That's uh, not that bad. was kind of a ballpark price, which is not, it's, you listen, you can go and get a crap magazine for a couple bucks. You can get, all, look like all the stuff we get in, you know, the newspapers filled with stuff that we throw away, <laughs> you know, so you can get free magazines, you can get cheap magazines, but the, have one made in low quanti quantities is not necessarily cost effective. But you know, again, if it's it's a collectible item, and if you if you bought four per year and it costs you sixty dollars a year to have these things, that's not the that's not the worst amount of that's not the worst in, uh, way to spend your money. You know what I mean? It may be another item that we are linking to and advertising on the online site that hey, you can get these collectible issues mm -hmm. from such and such location. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you could also you could also make uh, you know in the print magazine if there is some sort of content like if, if we trans you know something goes from the online version into the print version, but there is online content to that that is you know beyond what's in the print. You could obviously link to that so that people can go there and find that as well. I really don't see people buying this just to read the magazine as per se. Um, I, I see the online version more providing you know serving that general readership um you know i see you know if somebody wants a print copy they're probably buying that for the collectible value just to say hey you know i've got a copy of the rainbow that was made you know yeah yeah that's kind of the same way i look at buying a a, a, a rom cartridge right now it's a cool novelty in a sense that we can do it now um you know would, would i have bought the game if it was just digital Possibly not, but because it's on a cartridge, it's a keepsake, and it's it's a cool thing, you know. Um, yeah. You, you can leave it on your coffee table with your better homes and gardens when people come over. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna run. I'm, I'm gonna run a commercial here real quick, and we'll pick this conversation up in just a second. 
Hello, this is David Ladd, and you're watching Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. What's going on everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here, and when you are done with Coco Talk, why not head on over to my YouTube channel and get your share of gameplay goodness. There you will find everything from the old school to the next gen. There are video game reviews, interviews, how-tos, and replays of Coco Talk. So for all of your video game needs on YouTube, head on over to youtube.com slash OG Stevie Stroh for your share of gameplay goodness today. Radio Shack Storewide Manager's Red Tag Sale is on now. We've slashed prices 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. Save on famous Radio Shack Hi-Fi, car stereo, radios, toys, TV games, calculators, walkie-talkies, and CB radios. Look for the big red tag. Save like never before on these and literally hundreds of red tag specials. Hurry into Radio Shack today. Hurry into Radio Shack today. <laughs> yeah, you're you gotta I wish I still could sometimes. I know, I know, I know. All right, so Nick, you had some, you were chiming in on a few things. Everybody's chimed in a little bit. Like, you'd be curious to hear what some other people have to say about this. Or sure. anybody for that matter. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, if, uh, if no one else is um, speaking, I, I, I just would like to. Um, to deposit my my wisdom here that uh, <laughs> um, I, I really think we should not underestimate the importance of momentum uh we're talking about doing a yearly release or a quarterly release or whatever and in my mind if you do something once a year you might get the first one out but it'd be pretty unusual for somebody to be able to keep that enthusiasm going for a whole year with no feedback no yep. one buying any issues or whatever in between. Yep. I, I don't know. I, I think so, the online the online site hopefully will keep. Well, let them, let them, well, I let don't really finish. care about the online site, Barry. And if I could just continue um, talking about the print site, um, you know, a year is a long time to go, and um, you know, I just don't think that people would continue um, uh, with momentum there. So I think you should shoot for a quarterly um, if. Uh, I mean, a monthly would be great, but um, it's probably unrealistic. Um, but, um, you know, without momentum, these projects don't carry forward. Um, and so, you know, just my two cents. Yeah. I, I certainly have no objection to a quarterly release of the print version. I just don't know if we're going to get enough uh, volume to, you know, on, on that level to right. I think make it practical. I think what you got to do is you got to do the if you build it they will come and you make the magazine you you find a place that will produce it on demand and just let the people buy it and take it from there instead of trying to project and guess you know you just make it. What I'd anyway, like to say is uh, I'd like to see um, maybe the online thing go. I would contribute artwork to it. And uh, is there a way to turn the art the online version into a uh, a magazine or is that tough to do? Well, yeah, the, the easiest thing is just to copy and paste the text and lay it out. Well, no, hold on a second. I think if okay. um, if uh, Ron or whoever decides to pick it up is producing a quality PDF, there is ways to view that online pretty easily and make it available for download. And if it's already produced, 
then when it comes time to make a print copy, then it could be made from that. Well, well, that's, how, that's how a lot of printers do it, is you submit them a PDF. Right, right. I, I think... I would suggest that earlier. A lot of people stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. What was that you just said, Wayne? I said I was suggesting that earlier, referring to making a PDF and letting people print it out as they want to. Saves on printing costs. Mark Overholzer uh, talked to the Apple guys because they have a publication currently that's been going for quite a while. And I think uh, they use Sir Speedy or something like that. And if he was here, he could uh, probably chip, chip in on that. Yeah, Mark's here. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, yeah, I contacted the editor of Juice GS, which is an Apple Quarterly. Actually, uh, John mentioned it, uh, uh, oh, six months ago or something, some point, about a, you know doing a print publication. Yeah, and so yeah, I asked Ra, uh, sorry, I asked Ken, some very, his name's Ken Gagney, some very specific questions about you know how he goes about getting it published and what his costs are. So I sent everybody here on the call, I think, an email with that. But they have it looks like about a hundred they put out every quarter. And they use Sir Speedy, and uh, it looks like their costs about two dollars per uh, per issue. That's, um, that's quite reasonable. Yeah, but you know we're talking close to a hundred of them at one shot, and people are paying up front. You know, it's a for the for the United States, it's a nineteen dollar a year commitment. You know, and that's nothing. Uh, it's twenty pages. It's basically uh, five sheets of paper, uh, eleven by fourteen, which I don't know what the ANSI size is. Double A four, basically. Uh, Color only front and back. Uh, rest of it's black and white. So, uh, yeah, no, not very, not very much at all. Over the big scheme of things. Dang, yeah, I, th I think we can do better than that. Though I would like it. I'd like the whole thing to be color, not not just black and white on the inside. So if it costs a little bit more, I, I would. I to me, I can't imagine the rainbow not being color. I miss the yeah. days of it being a black and white one page thing. I, I, I was. I read the rainbow in its heyday when it was a real magazine and. Even if it's a thin one, we should shoot for a traditional magazine glossy, you know, type format. Well, here's another thing to consider. Down the road, we're going to have uh, more people become Cocoa users and yep. with uh, hardware because it's probably going to start getting really rare. There's going to be, uh, you know, the FPGA stuff out there. Yep. And um, always being able to get the software online and... Uh, uh, so I guess um, I'm thinking, to me, when I look at the magazine or when, even when I'm uh, browsing on the uh, Internet, on Facebook, I see all these stories of guys coming on going, you know, geez, I, uh, I just found my cocoa in the attic and, uh, you know, at, at my mom's house and I took it down and it still works. And I uh, was thinking of learning how to, you know, figure out how to get it going. There's, I don't know how many thousands, hundreds of stories like that out there. And then there's going to be the people in the future that um, they're going to stumble across it, in, uh, you know, either by emulator or whatever. Mm -hmm. And maybe um, having, like, um, I don't know, the, the book that was made. Uh, the is Boise a, book. Yeah, a great resource for uh, history and everything. But um, we have all the history from that book to now and to in the future uh -huh. to win. And I think that's uh, what, what, what we're trying to figure out is how, how is it best to inform people on 
all the aspects of uh, a, a color computer, which includes uh, getting one, getting it upgraded, adding goodies, playing with it, playing games, uh, doing, um, you know, even hooking a printer to it. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was going to include in there, which I didn't, was how to use uh, a printer with drive wire, because that seems to be... Um, yeah, that, yeah. That would be a cool thing, I think. How to? to? From my... Uh, on my wireless printer would be cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a program that's on the Color Computer Archive that I was chatting with some folks on the mailing list and whatnot, and somebody uh, wrote it, that basically hooks the uh, print uh, task and sends the print output to the drive wire so that you can, it can send it through the regular computer to a, a standard printer. Yeah, of course, so, uh, if you're, if you're yeah. running Nitrous 9, of course, you have ease of use and it just works because you just have a slash P device and it prints yeah. to the drive wire. Yeah. Now, I like, I like John Linville's suggestion that it needs to be a little bit more frequent. I think there's enough things going on in the community that it could e- easily be quarterly. And, and I think like anything else, you have to start it, you have to do it, and then and, and it should grow legs. You know, it's like my YouTube channel grew legs. Uh, Coco Talk has grown legs. Um, so I think if you do something um, and you continue to do it and, and there's an appetite for it, which I think there is in this community, people there, we have a lot of consumers in this community who want to consume content and consume products. So um, I think it's just that thing. You, you, you just start it and you, and you do it and, it, and it, will, it will evolve into whatever it's meant to be. Um, and I have no doubt that that will happen. You know, I think we were talking about success and how success is relative, but the key to success is you just got to be dedicated to it. And as long as we have some people who are dedicated to it and the people who are behind it don't run out of gas, um, and I think there's enough of us in here to keep that tank full, um, that it's going to be good. It, it might be a 20-page magazine. It might be whatever, but if it's if it's 20 pages of cool stuff on a quarterly basis, it's, it's a neat thing to have in the community as another just another cool cocoa thing um well plus, I, I would submit that a 20 page quarterly is probably better than 80 pages once a year yeah 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 and we could still do like the year-end review um but you have your quarterly regular publications or something um, like an annual edition or something I, you know and usually within quarterly you have each quarter is going to be at least one or more holidays and the rainbow is pretty famous for its different themes or different times of the year, we t- had different topics and stuff. It could evolve into that. Um, I-, I like the idea of um, of some programs to type in. I remember Nick was saying before, and programs would be neat, but they need to be kind of short. Nowadays, the attention span of somebody wanting to type is not going to be what it was when we were <laughs> bright-eyed in the 80s and it was all new and exciting. So now it's like it's a labor of love to type in 30 lines of basic code. So short programs that could fit on maybe one or two pages that somebody would endure the keystrokes to would be kind of a cool thing to have. You could also use If I post it on the online site, they can always go get lazy, yeah, go yeah. to copy and paste it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, and Darren Grant is here with us in the live chat. Hello, Darren. Welcome. Um, so Darren says hi. Tim Frankly says quarterly within a year in a print version. Darren says Ron Delvo created a mock-up for a new magazine. Does that mean it is now happening? Will Ron be co-coordinating, doing the layout, and organizing print editions? Well, that's kind of what we're talking about, and I guess it's all to be determined what how it's right. going to take shape. So. 
Um, I would like to be involved in, you know, um, contributing some artwork and stuff. I, I don't think I can do it all myself. It's a, a large job. And yeah, it's bigger than any one person. It needs to be. Yes. You, need, you, need, you need to it's assemble a, a, yeah. Three or four days of any, uh, long work. Any content, to get this any content I post to the online site, for, at least for me, you're welcome to use in the print version. Um, I have a, uh, a number of pictures that I've got that were written, uh, built, made by James Watts on a color computer in, in uh, Coco Max 3. Um, it's a friend of mine. He was uh, a, quite a bit of an artist, actually, and there's some very impressive pictures. I was thinking of posting those up as a color computer art gallery. Oh, neat. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, that was uh, a feature in the magazine. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's given me he's given me his permission that I can distribute these many yeah. uh, many years ago. So I think as a value added thing, there needs to be some exclusive content in here that's not available on a PDF version or online. There needs to be things. Uh, man, I don't know. The wind is killing me. Are you outside, Barry? Somebody's like going through a wind tunnel right now. It's killing me. I'm um, I'm, unmu I'm muting my microphone when I'm not talking. So, somebody, I, I think it's Jay actually. Oh, Jay, are you outside? I don't know. I'm I'm hearing wind coming from somebody. Um, I am. I didn't realize it's getting picked up. I'll turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna um, have to step away, folks, because I got to go and drop my daughter off somewhere. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop off the call. I'm just gonna mute my mic, and I'll be back when I'm back. All right. Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, I think there should be some exclusive content that you can only get on there, or like you say, it's if you can read it online in 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 the in the, in the exact same electronic copies online. It really diminishes the impulse to want to purchase it unless you're really a diehard to say, you know, yeah, I want a hard copy of what I've already got electronically. So uh, I think if we put things online, they should not be the full episode. You don't want to give away the cow. You know, you might want to let them sample some milk, but you don't want to, you, you want to, you want to sell the cow. So uh, if you think of it, uh, during the heyday, we had the Rainbow, the Color Computer Magazine, and Hot Cocoa all doing stuff. And none of it probably repeated much, but they yeah. all had stuff to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Uh, what else? Who's got some? Who's got a scent or two to throw in on this? I, I was going to mention, like they were talking about doing a, a the year end and review type thing. I think one way to do that, rather than making an extra edition, if you want to do it quarterly, is you just have the, the you know the Christmas edition or whatever you want to decide to do your year end review, would be say a double sized issue yeah. because you're going to be covering everything plus whatever new stuff comes in right yeah you don't have to fix it to a 20 page format you can do 20 20 20 40 yeah hey did you see my christmas cover on uh ron's garage no is that on your facebook page yeah, it says, yeah it says it's a radio shack christmas we are back <laughs> uh i think i did see that i'm gonna pull it up though it's about halfway down all right we'll we'll get to it so, uh, on, the, on the subject of type-in programs, I got to say, I, I have to agree with the Jason Scott of uh, Internet Archive, who was talking about someone that had told him they wanted to have the experience of doing type-in programs from a magazine. And he said this was the kind of experience that uh, required a safe word. <laughs> 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 and uh, I have to agree. So I hope um, if you're going to put in... Uh, um, you know, type in programs that you'll take pity on some people with uh, unequivalent of a rainbow on disk or a rainbow on web um, for, for the uh, the program so that uh, people can at least download them. Yeah, yeah right. Downloadable disk. 
Yeah, it can be a link to the electronic version of it. Yeah, yeah, here Just it like is. The old rainbow on tape, rainbow on disc was. Yeah, I like this one. Radio Shack Christmas, we are back. Yeah, I like that. Looks good, very Ron. Good. Yep. Ron is a very talented guy. <laughs> With a very big garage. <laughs> I would like to to um, add that, and somebody said this on the Facebook, that I would get rid of the registered trademark symbol because that's not legal to have on there unless you have one. Right. And I think that might be inviting problems. And, and a few other things... Um, in the mock, I know that's just a mock-up, but like the Coco Cat, that is actually was in some of the rainbows, and those issues are copyrighted, and I think copyrights last like what eighty years or something, some yeah. ridiculous amount of time. So, was that? Mm. Thank Disney. Yeah, copyright used to last fifty years. Yeah, like it's ninety-five now or fifty plus the now death they, of the author or something. Yeah, something like that. So that's why I'm saying. Um, when it goes official, this stuff's being released, then I think the registered trademark needs to come off and, and avoid duplicating stuff that's in those in those um, article or those Rainbow magazines that are still out there and copyrighted. Mm. Yeah. I know uh, Barry had done some research onto the trademark stuff, and I guess the trademarks expired in 2004. They weren't renewed. But the copyright on the issues, I mean, every single year of Rainbow is still copyrighted. The copyright is still active. Yeah, I did some searching too, and I saw the same thing. The the trademark, there's nothing there, so there. I think we're safe there. But the um, the the magazines all have copyrights. So I searched on the copyright office, and a bunch of Rainbow magazine um, issues popped up. Right, right, and that's kind of why. Go ahead, I got Mark. a question for you guys. You know, like um, on YouTube, when you play a clip of somebody's uh, property, it says fair use domain. Uh, they're able to use it because they're explaining or um, doing some kind of teaching with it. Now, does that have anything to do with content in paper? I think, I, I don't know. I think in, in this case, this is my opinion. I'm not an attorney, so I don't know. But I think the fact that there's going to be a magazine that's going to cost some money, and yeah, there may not, may not be any profit in it, but I think somebody could say, well, you guys are charging for this. And chances are nobody's going to do that. I mean, unless the Fox family is going to go after it, which it doesn't seem like they've been on the scene at all. Um, just when to Ronnie died, his wife was uh, approached about uh, somebody else taking over the magazine and continuing it, and she said no, but she wasn't planning on doing anything else with it either. So I think she just wanted to let it, you know, die with Ronnie, as it were. You know, right. And uh, I don't know if her attitude toward it has changed any, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a big issue other than when it comes to the copyrighted stuff, I wouldn't use anything that would fall under the copyright just because it still is. Uh, you can always change names a little bit if you need to. On the trademark, yes, get rid of the R in the circle because that's registered. But if you still want to use Rainbow as a trademark, all you have to do is put that little TM next to it. That's perfectly legal as long as somebody else isn't claiming a trademark. Uh, Darren Grant mentioned that fair use applies to text as well, but just like music, it allows you to use snippets 
for the purpose of critique, parody, or review. So you can Good. use it, use it, but I think I think you have to use you it sparingly. Use snippets. Use yeah. snippets of it. Yeah. You can review a movie and play the whole movie, for example. Five titles. Cool. Well, I think it's interesting. I think I think I, I, the judging on the response we got from Facebook, I think a lot of people are interested in this topic. I think that if if this magazine was to be produced, I'm I'm sure it would sell a number of copies. Uh, we don't know what that number is to be determined, but I think we could probably hit a hundred units. Uh, I think that's a realistic goal. Someone uh, put a poll up, didn't they, for um, what would we rather have for the name of the magazine? And I think the Rainbow was number one by a wide margin. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. So I think like for for print, you know, maybe just call it Rainbow Reboot and just put the word Reboot in small letters under the rainbow to the far right hand corner. And I think the one that we should do for the website and just we'll have the rainbow in big and underneath that we'll just put online. So we'll have like Rainbow Online and maybe Rainbow Reboot for the magazine name. And that way we still have the big bold. We've got a little small one that's changed the actual name of it. So we're not infringing on, you know, we're not going to call ourselves the Rainbow Magazine website. You know, can call yourself the Rainbow Magazine magazine. It'll just be Rainbow Reboot, you know. You're going to know it's a magazine because it's on freaking paper. Rainbow Redux. <laughs> Rainbow Redux. As I said earlier, you could just say the new Rainbow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the Darren. For borrowing is the name. So yeah, yeah, and and do. and by and by itself, the name Rainbow is impossible to enforce legally. Uh, Rainbow yeah. Magazine becomes a trademark or a copyright, but Rainbow as a word, well, you know, good luck with that. So, um, yeah, Darren's mentioning that he's losing the stream. Uh, yeah, we are recording this. I'm having some ISP issues that will hopefully go away in the near future. Um, but yeah, so we're recording all the shows. I'll upload the recording as soon as it's done. Um, yeah, so if we beat this one to death, anybody got anything else they want to chime in on? Well, I want to know um, if I should continue to take um, some um, data from some of you people out there and put it into a form that we can add to the end of what I've done, or sure. should I just uh, do the stuff and then hand it off to Barry to put up on the... Um, Mm, no, I think I think whatever you're doing, you should continue to do. And you and I need to have an offline conversation because I can get you access to some better software for publications, um, give you some better tools for doing that stuff. Um, but no, I think what you're doing is great, and I think right now it's it's in good hands with you. And then you know, you, if anything, you're, you're going to build a team, your magazine team. And I think the magazine needs to be one thing, and I think what we're doing is going to be another. But there'll probably be some cross pollination there. Uh, I don't. I don't want one to be an echo of the other. Uh, I think they both have their own unique value. Um, uh, you're, you know, you're welcome to take anything that we've posted and, and use it in your magazine. But I don't. I don't want to make two different versions of the same thing. You know, I think. I think there's two similar spirited platforms for this information. But I think what you've done so far is stellar, and I wouldn't want to influence what you're doing with that. I think you're, you're off to a great start. Yeah, also, I just want to say, Ron, if you want to get offline, I'd be interested in helping out as well. This is Jay. Okay, Brian Joyce is saying, he's saying he, he said something about wanting to help you if you want to have a, an offline conversation with oh. him, help, helping you with some software or, or, or hands-on or something. I'm not sure. Um, very cool. Anybody else? What about you, Grant Leedy? What's your thought on a, a new Rainbow Magazine? 
I think that's awesome. I think it's a good idea, and I think it would also uh, help uh, attract new users and the people who do uh, get new computers that would have a uh, print version and an online version to uh, find stuff and uh, read reviews about games, and I think it's a good idea overall. I think uh, it's going to be really neat to um, cover on the new Rainbow Magazine the uh, guy that starts reproducing the... Uh, Color computer. <laughs> oh, like yeah. Roger Taylor or uh, Gary Becker? I mean, you know, retro. like. Oh, like making a, an, an official stock cocoa replacement? Yeah. Not, not a new cocoa? But a... No. The difficulty with that is the gimme chip on the cocoa 3s. Yeah. Well, it's emulated, so yeah. no problem. Yep. yep, Zipster's got that under control, from what I understand. Very oh. close. Yep. But uh, yeah, as far as it goes, the online version of the magazine could be like similar to what Rainbow on Disc was, where all the files are available instead of just being source listings, they're the actual source code files. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And plus, now we have uh, two events that go on each year. We got uh, Coco Fest and Tandy Assembly, so that should definitely be enough to keep enough. uh, content going for at least uh, quarterly magazines. Sure. Also, visibility yeah. to the public will keep it in people's minds. Exactly. Roger that. Alright, I'm going to run another commercial, and then we'll be back and figure out what else you guys want to talk about when I come back. <laughs> hey, this is Bruce Moore, author of Force of Doom, and you're watching the original gamer Stevie's Trope. Only the bravest souls enter. Only the most cunning return. Defeat innumerable monsters to ransom the king's scepter stolen by the evil wizard. Your sword, shield, and wits are your only allies. Pray you find a magical inn as your only respite in the forest of doom. For the tiny color computer one, two, and three. November 2017, if you dare. Oh, who oh. joined us? What do you well, think about that? <laughs> Just in time for the world premiere of the latest video teaser trailer of Forest of Doom. You couldn't have timed that better if you planned on it, Bruce. Yeah, well, uh, that was uh, quite a surprise to log in and see that running. Yes, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So it's November 30th, huh? <laughs> 30th? Oh, well, I was hoping actually uh, next week. With, oh, uh, the start line. Ooh. Yeah. Very, very cool. So, there we go. Here's somebody who would have to appear in a Rainbow Magazine as a guy making a new old game for the color computer. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about uh, a Rainbow Magazine, and uh, Forest of Doom should be in it, right? Under new software available for the color computer. Uh, yeah. So, then a full-page ad for the game and maybe a, a review or interview telling the story. Uh, you can get, you can milk a couple of rainbow pages out of the Forest of Doom story and review and advert. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a scratch and sniff in there. 
<laughs> that was pretty unique to um, Rainbow. Oh, God. Bad, Ron. Bad. <laughs> yeah, so the live streaming has been more miss than hit again today. James Ross just mentioned that, that it went off again, and it completely went off. So, um, you know, I really need to nail this down. I don't know if it's my software. I'm pretty sure it, I know it's not my network, and it's, I don't know what it is. It's just very frustrating. I've been, I've been, I've lost two days of billable time dealing with my ISP troubleshooting everything in my house this week trying to deal with this. So it's frustrating. You know, the funny thing is, is that Skype is working fine. Um, you know, but my ability to stream and stream alone has been an issue. Um, and it's a frustrating issue. Uh, last week we thought it was primarily due to some internet outages in, in, in different parts of the country. Um, but I'm still having that issue and, and it's, I don't have a solution to it yet. So it's a work in progress. So what we have been doing for those out there watching live is I'm recording the show. And then, uh, later on today, I will upload the entire episode, uh, in its entirety without any hiccups or, or loss, any, no packet loss in the stream there. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, we've been talking about a rainbow magazine. We're talking about new software, um, and uh, yeah, so Force of Doom is one of those things. So hopefully next week we might be able to do a world debut premiere of the actual game. So that'd be kind of cool. Can you play the game in the um, dark? <laughs> Can you play the game in the dark? Do you want yeah, to? Sounds like it'd be scary. <laughs> as long as you're a touch typist, I think you could. All right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Nobody's if done a not, yeah. Ooh, lighted keyboard option. I was going to say, nobody's done a backlit keyboard mod to their Coco yet. It's coming. <laughs> that's well, what we need. Underneath. You know, well, that's actually, the thing. I'm the card. Because I'm running VCC. <laughs> <laughs> VCC on a backlit PC or whatever, right? So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I got on my laptop. <laughs> very, very cool. All right, so have we beat the rainbow topic to death for now? Yeah, I just got here. What was the conclusion? Ah, uh, <laughs> we, we we decided it's a bad idea. It's going to tear the community apart, so we're <laughs> we're not going to do it. So. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. It's bad. Anything new is bad. <laughs> we need yeah, contributors. The first issue will be out next month. But the thing is, is it's not. It's the, the Rainbow Magazine isn't necessarily new. It's something that used to be. So it's it's the reboot. Um, so there you have it. Um, yeah, no. Uh, contribute. We think the general consensus is quarterly. Oh, so now that you're here, Bruce, why don't you um, share with us some of your experiences with dealing with uh, a, a, a print service provider? Oh yeah. Uh, Lulu.com, um, I've done a couple of things. One being actually the Forest of Doom is one of them. Uh -huh. um, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually really easy. Just using a, uh, I think a word template, uh, they give you a template, you fit it in there. Um, you select, you know, the, the page size you want, whether you want color or not. And they tell you, well, you'll have, uh, you'll need a minimum number of pages if you're going to bind it like this and then uh -huh. up to Ever, and then they give you this is what will be price per book and uh, but you can also sell a like a there's a, a PDF you can release a PDF version and a print version you can do it both you know both ways um, they're not ebooks like not EPUB it's not that yeah. sort of thing, but but the print book yeah you know 
so you'll so the Forest of Doom is a uh, six by nine and um, color cover and it is black and white on the inside just to keep the costs really low. Uh-huh. But you can do a full-sized, you know, eight and a half by whatever, whatever magazine size, full color inside. Um, and I think that costs around uh, 15 bucks a copy to put out. And that's a minimum of 68 pages there. Wow. Wow. For that. So now, it's, would it's, that be an actual book book or like a soft cover book or would it be uh, a magazine? Well, see, that's, that's the thing. That kind of like, is there a blurry line there? Like when is it? Because you yeah, can do a hardcover. Yeah, so yeah, so hardcover is book. So if it's a soft cover, is it a book or is it a magazine? I guess magazine's glossy paper. It's thin, like newsprinty, glossy stuff. And if yeah. it's a if it's a thicker stock, is it more like a book? I mean, I guess whatever. It's it's it's. Nine inches a magazine would be 10 inches by 12 or something like that yeah yeah and they've got that size there and if you want full color on the inside you, you know you you have to pay for the heavier paper that won't allow the bleed through essentially right right exactly but you can get a sort of a, a semi-color inside which is more i think like the original rainbow was for the most part okay um, you know although they would have the occasional full color page ads i suppose but but uh, uh, so I mean the options are all there. It's, now it's do they do they do. do they do do they do on demand? Like you don't have to purchase a quantity of this, right? That's right. You just you get it all set up, and then uh, you well you'll see when we release Forest of Doom, there'll be a link here. You go here, you make your payment, they pay your shipping, and here it comes. You know. Yeah, that's kind of like what I'm doing with DVDs right now. You know, I've uploaded yeah. them all the digital content, and somebody else produces it and ships it. Yeah, so, that's right. yeah. So if it's on demand, then it's taken everything. It's taken all of the investment part of it, other than just the investment of your time to produce yeah. the content. Once we upload the content, they will produce it, ship it, and and whatever the cost is, it is what it is. And if it's fifteen dollars a piece and it's quarterly for a, up to a sixty-page full color, that's not bad. That's really not that's bad. What, that's what I thought. You know, I never said you have to have that much content. content. Yeah, you you know you got to have the content then, right? You got, right. you got enough. 60 well, pages of content quarterly. Well, then we could we, we get a really long program list. Sure is. <laughs> we'll do the source code to Nitrous 9 as an ongoing series. <laughs> I should tell it. Oh, good idea. You know, I, I know I know lots of people are like, you know, are talking about these program listings. Can't do those anymore. But, you know, I would really like to see still like one of these two-liner contests or something. Yeah. yeah. still have some print stuff yeah. in there. Because if it's a two-liner, I'll type it in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, Nick suggested if it's if it's a short form, there's there's got to be a threshold on uh, yeah. on what what people are willing to do nowadays. So and pokes and peaks too. Pokes <laughs> and peaks, yeah, tips and tricks. Yep. Pokes and peaks. Um, How to get one, through level one, two of pop one, one, nice one, tutorials? Yeah, right. One of yeah. them might just be too like uh, throw out a community challenge. Okay, so the challenge for this this month is write a program to do this, this, and this, and don't tell them how to do it, but have somebody then have people submit their code, and we pick like the top three people who have submitted what they did. So a programming challenge, you know, make a program to you know do this and animate that and uh, do it in ten lines or less or something like that, and and show the winners, you know. I want to learn how to reverse engineer a game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian Joyce in the live chat says the round table was fascinating. Loved it. Well, thanks, Brian. Um, cool stuff. Yeah. So there's. So I think. I think with the gears will start turning, and so I think as. And I think you're a good person to have on the team, Bruce, because you've got the creative mind for it, and you've already got some experience producing things. So you got like Ron, and you get some people like you and Steve Batson. and you get a couple of people together, and then you take some input from the community. Um, also, like I love Steve's quote: "Is you do, you're never gonna you're never gonna produce anything by committee, but you uh-huh. get you get some input on what people like and see, and then you take that input and you get the right people to work on it, and you build it and you produce it, and here's the link. Now go buy it, and then yeah. you know if you sell a hundred copies, that's great, and that becomes the motivation to do it again quarterly or more often." And I think if, you know, as you do it, it'll, it'll find its groove, you know, it'll, it'll get in whatever zone it needs to get in. Will it stay quarterly? Will it make it monthly? Um, I think quarterly is a good starting goal, you know, and then take it from there and see what happens. Yeah. You know, well, what you do is produce a magazine and then have a anniversary issue for the next Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly. You take the good content that, that bubbles up through yeah. the, whatever, the quarterly and then you uh-huh. pull it together and and have an editorial piece or two, kind of the year in review. Like, uh, you know, like Stevie, it would be great to have something from you, you know, the, the year in review of Coco Talk, you know. Sure. And, uh, same thing with the Coco Crew, kind of, you know, what, what are the things that stood out over this past year in Coco Land? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that would be a kind of a neat summary. And then, you know, here's a couple of the top bits that were published. I, I, and uh, you publish that in something really nice and glossy, and something uh-huh. you can get your face on to, I think. Uh, I'd be something I'd like Ooh, to collect, could anyway. we could we raffle off David Ladd? We're going to have a contest. Win David Ladd for a weekend or something like that, you know? If, if you think shipping <laughs> on the magazine is going to be expensive, do you think expensive it's going to be to ship David Ladd? Or, or, what, or, or what about find a date for David Ladd or something like that, you know? <laughs> See, no, no. I've been happy being single all my life at this point, so no. You should meet my friend Dave. My friend David. He's really smart. He's got a great personality. Shiny. Are you talking about having a personal section in the? Yeah, a personal computer? section. Yeah, we need a personal section in there. Oh God. A little Craigslist section, you know. <laughs> and off the rails we go. Jesus. Oh, no, that's not the right idea. What if, what if we've got the online version of the magazine and we've got the magazine itself? Why don't we make the online one, the web page based one, the main um, online magazine that could come out every two months even, and then you have a uh, either an annual or a biannual, um, um, what do you call it before? Uh, issue of the printed magazine which basically takes the best articles on the online one and prints them out in yeah. glossy paper yeah right i think that's good because idea. the online one is easier to to Manip- create um it doesn't cost as much to do but then you just allocate the best articles from gathered in that right and then release one or two magazines uh, just um, selecting the better um, issues, uh, uh, better well, articles rather. 
I think those things will sort themselves out in time, but I, I did like John Linville's momentum suggestion that it needs to be at least quarterly because if it's not happening enough, it's not going to sustain a market or a consumer base. Um, the, the print thing? printed magazine. Yeah, the mean. printed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's why I thought having the online version every two months or three months or whatever, so that is being sustained, and yeah. then you uh, have one or two... Um, main printed ones yeah. so it's less work and then you can have a nice color color magazine one or two a year we only have rainbow fest uh, you know uh, candy assembly. once a year yeah and candy assembly once a year and and how is that interest maintained it's almost the same as uh maybe the magazine would be yeah in between. I, I, well, I, 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 go ahead no you go ahead uh, curtis I just say the one worry of doing where it's basically repeats of the best articles, though, is that you might hit a bit of resistance where people said, "Well, I've already gotten yeah, all this yeah. for free. I think, Why would I, think, I pay yeah. for it now?" Unless you're into collecting, period. So you right. have to have something unique in the magazine version that's yes. not on the yes. online version to yes. pull people in. Maybe yeah. we could do a, re a record. Remember when they used to do that? That you can. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Baby steps, baby steps. Right now we got to find a magazine producing facility. Now that you can throw vinyl into the mix. It's a feature creep. <laughs> do we have a goal of when we want the first uh, issue to be printed, roughly? Well, I would like to see the uh, something printed for the next Coco Fest. That just makes sense. Then you can promote it with it. Yeah. 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 That gives you plenty of time. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and just so you know, I, I'm going to have to wrap this whole live thing up pretty soon because i do have uh, family commitments this afternoon um i i'm just my two cents i would like the magazine to be its own thing and not an ex exact echo of a website i think they i think they're, they're similar and there can be some overlap but i like like what ron did ron went to town and ron did the magazine that he created those 20 pages and and everything that's in there is completely unique content on its own and I would like there to be just different teams. I think there should be a magazine team that focuses on the magazine, and then the website team becomes a community thing that anybody can throw stuff at. But I think the magazine needs to be somewhat unique and somewhat exclusive in the content and the format of what's there, or there's just no appeal to it. Um, so it needs to be its own thing worth buying, and I think it is. And I think you have that team work on the magazine, and it comes out quarterly. Uh, that's a good starting goal, and, 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 and you count me down for a subscription. Um, and I think, I, I, you know, shiny things in there. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so content that comes from a website or, you know, cause what, where, where do we all pull our information from to make, to make the Coco crew or make Coco talk? Well, we're pulling our information from the mailing list. We're pulling our information from Facebook. So we're pulling our information from the Coco crew podcast. So, uh, I think the, 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 we're going to be all drawing from the same wells, but I think how people produce this information is going to be as unique as the individuals and as unique as the platforms, the contents published too. So the web content will be one way, the magazine content will be another. And um, I, I just I don't like the idea of of them being just two different versions of the same thing because that, that there's no appeal in that for me. I, I wouldn't want to buy something that I was that I could read online. I would want I want to buy think something. People would just buy it once to see what it looks like, and then they would yeah buy yeah it need, it, need, it needs to have appeal, and that appeal is the, the somewhat exclusive, or at least I don't know if you can call it exclusive because we're literally talking about the same crap that we pretty much already know about, but just the uniqueness of it. You know what I mean? So. I think it's possible to come up with some um, 
unique content for a print version. Yes. Yeah. You know, as yeah. well as as well as referencing, mm-hmm. you know, some other stuff. Like, uh, you know, just even some interviews with some uh, long-form interviews with uh, right. some personalities or something, you know? Right. David and, and, Lads. David uh, Lads, 20-page floppy, uh, floppy disk article. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can and definitely fill in the... the, the uh, yeah, yeah, that's only part David, one. <laughs> David, we're short 20 pages. We need... What have you got for us? We've got to fill this in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, there was the 1773. <laughs> no, it was the 1793, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we have to have a section for corrections, apparently. So. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right, all and right. And apologies. <laughs> okay. So have we beat this one to death? Well, I think, we I think that out, so. Yeah, I, th- I think it's good to talk about. I think I think we've got a good team right now. I get, we got Ron Delvo got this thing started, I think. I'm sure there are going to be a handful of people that would like to join forces with Ron to help him massage the, 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 the we'll call it the public, the uh, published version of the Rainbow. And then we can have a similar team or some overlapping members on the online version of the Rainbow. I think they both serve a good purpose and serve a certain market. Um, and I like having a deadline for Coco Fest so that there's something to show yeah. people that don't catch this kind of stuff here. Yeah, know. yeah. I agree. Very cool. All right, so let's let's spend like maybe five minutes winding down. Does anybody got anything else they want to talk about or plant a seed for next week's show or anything else like that or anything else worthy of mentioning that's happened this week in the community? The big playthrough of Force to Doom is the one I'm looking forward to. Okay. <laughs> I wish we could track all the new people that come along and uh, what it is they're interested in, you know, uh, the younger generation of people, or if there is any, um, you know, seems like most of the people on here are way over 30. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks I, for rubbing that in. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Not all of us consider ourselves over the hill yet. Well, my, my son is 33 or so, and I sent him an emulator in um, the Pac-Man game which he would enjoy, and he's working, and he didn't have time to really do anything with it yet. But when he did do anything with it, he goes, um, Dad, I, I got it going and everything, but I couldn't remember the commands. <laughs> you know, L-O-A-D-M. And oh, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are millennials getting involved in retro computing in other mm. communities? I would imagine to a degree. I mean, I, yeah. I, te- well, I teach... Daughters. Just do actual coding for it. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, t- I we don't have many ladies in it either. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I I'm think... teaching Jacob to code, so I'm yeah. doing my. I think a lot of people are are familiar with running emulators even on their smartphones. So people who are running emulators to play like Game Boy Advance games and and things like that, they're familiar with that concept. So I think there are younger people who are running emulators and running older games it's not a foreign concept to get them to grasp there's just now a slight learning curve of okay well now you have to mount a disk image you got to type in dir you got to load you got to execute you know and if there's a way to simplify some of that that in that would make it even that much easier you know well my my son uh, is what 33 the younger one and he uh he grew up banging on the keyboard you know when he was two and then yeah. he started playing it and uh, so he has, there's a little nostalgia for him, but
but it seems like his nostalgia is more like a Nintendo than a than a color computer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Everybody kind of when it comes to retro, I think because I, I have younger some younger brothers and they all you know everybody kind of gravitates to what they had when they were younger. So I think to get somebody like my son, for instance, to get into the Coco, they just don't. It's just not there because they did. You know, I mean, it's not it's not a nostalgic or a, a a thing of interest for them. So I think getting younger people in is harder only because they're just not it's not something that they want may want to go and you know jump into because it's just they just don't have the experience with it maybe what i'll do is ask my son if he could uh maybe just kind of uh put into words in a little text file um what his memory of it is and how he feels about it in regard to uh what's out there and he plays on his machine he plays uh these world war ii games and stuff where he's out mm-hmm. killing people and uh it yeah. looks freaking modern and new, and there's music, and he turns the music up, and, you know, he's killing his friend that lives in um, New York, you know. <laughs> so. It's a whole nother level now, yeah. Um, he's hey, into pixelation. <laughs> John Linville, are you still with us? I was just curious to know, since today is the 28th of October, when we can expect the Coco Crew podcast, since we are long overdue at this point. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yep. Yep. Now we can. Well, if you can hear me. (laughs) Yes, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Well... Uh, I think that we're in final editing, um, so we expect it, you know, before Halloween. So we should okay. have one this month. Okay, very good. Well, we're we're eagerly awaiting. <laughs> we're waiting for he the Rainbow he, Magazine right now. He says he's going to have a roundtable for yeah. and he's going to invite me on too sometime. Nice. Well, we are thinking about that for December. Uh, okay. If anybody wants to be on, feel free to to let me know. I'll uh, let you face- know right now. No. I'm letting you know. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll show up. See if you can book David Ladd if his price hasn't gone up too much by then. <laughs> I think they're still I, paying the royalties I, from last time. Yeah. I, I don't know if John would want me again. <laughs> well, we're still paying off the Vegas suite, but uh, at least the girl <laughs> says she's not going to sue now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, good good times anyway but yeah we'll probably do a remembrance of some sort or you know get together and i don't know just it reveals a lack of an actual uh, technical topic usually but um it's a radio uh, shack christmas <laughs> <laughs> we do have um we have a pretty good interview coming up in november i think um with uh, i guess i can tease it with a uh, uh, Brian Moriarty, who was a, uh, a Infocom game designer, Ooh. and who was the person at Infocom that wrote the 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 Coco Z machine uh, program for for playing Infocom games on the Coco. Sweet. So, um, That's cool. anyway, we're gonna try to build the next episode around that a little bit. So. Very cool. Cool. Some of you guys that have been in this a while. His, uh, I was flipping through the Coco magazine and I ran across a Z80 machine 
or a Z80 processor you stuck into the Coco. Did anybody ever use those, or did it ever sell? They didn't sell too many. They were pretty expensive. They had, there was two manufacturers that made those over uh, Z80 boards with, I think they were like two th- or $300 each for running CPM, basically, oh. back in the Coco 1 and 2 days. So it wasn't for gaming or anything? Not unless you're playing, like, well, Infocon games, I guess, would have worked, probably. But they were basically, one of them was an 80-column card along with the Z80 with CPM pre-installed. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge who's been here in the live chat. So we had Richard Lorbieski in the live chat. We had uh, David was in the chat. Norlander was in the chat. Mark Overholzer. Um, Brian Joyce was in the live live chat. Norlander. Tim Franklin was in the live chat. Um, Grant Leedy. Brian Joyce. Darren Grant was in the live chat. James Ross stopped by. So, yes, yeah, so for those of you who were able to make out any part of this stream today, we appreciate you for trying to stick with it. I know it's been kind of hit or miss. Um, so thank you for those of you who watched. Thank you all who have been here and who are still with us now, including Wayne Campbell, Steve Batson, Curtis Boyle, Jay Cyril, Nick Morentis, Perry Nelson, Bruce Moore, Grant Leedy, John Linville, Wallace DeVoe, a.k.a. Ron DeVoe, <laughs> Uh, David Ladd and Mark Overholzer. Um, yeah, so I'm going to have to call this one to to a close. This has been episode 31 of Coco Talk. I thank you all for being here. And I thank everybody who watches each week and watches the replays and listens to the downloads. Um, hitting 2,500 downloads is a nice milestone for us, being the modest podcast um, people that we are right now. From humble beginnings, right? We just the, and the things that we didn't plan, but you know, we've already seen that if you do something and you stay committed to it, you can grow an audience. So I think a Rainbow Magazine can grow an audience. I think a uh, a Rainbow website can grow an audience. So just you know, get you get people who are who are dedicated to it, and there there is there's an audience out there. We just have to make something they want to consume, and I think we have the right people to do that. God bless you all. Yes. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> and David. <laughs> I'm never going to not be picked on, am I? Don't <laughs> <laughs> like worry, David. David. David, come when you will be able to get back. <laughs> David, oh, I already that, told Steve. Wait, wait for. Uh, you said Fest. you said that yeah, this year yeah, too, yeah. you pansy. So, <laughs> hey, David, they, there's none of that kind of talk in the magazine. Yeah, David's gonna put a uh, <laughs> David's gonna put a Trojan horse in this Nitrous Nine build, and he's gonna screw us all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, episode 31 of Coco Talk is coming to a close. We have beat this one to death. It is barely recognizable at this point. We're going to have to hope there's dental records on this episode because we can't recognize it anymore. It's been beat so hard. So on that note, thank you all, and long live the Coco. May the Rainbow Magazine live again. May that flag fly high. Matter of fact, David, you have a rainbow flag flying outside your house, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna leave. Oh, <laughs> 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 what kind of show is this, anyway? <laughs> <laughs>
all going to Hershey's. Hershey's. <laughs> My, my wife Before would anybody leaves, <laughs> I need to say that uh, I downloaded the new version of Skype onto my new phone today. Okay. And apparently, there's some feature changes. I've got a little heart on here that when I tap it, it says, uh, hold on. Come on, where are you? Now it's not going to show up. Anyway, it says that uh, about eight or nine of you guys have older versions of Skype, and you're not going to to be able to see whatever it is I'm able to do with this little heart. I see it. Yeah. Oh, like some type of new emoji feature or something like that? Yeah. I don't even I know. Yeah, so apparently, I don't know what it all is. I haven't figured it out yet. Okay. Just thought you guys might like to know so you could up to the latest version. Mine says it's the latest version. Okay. So yeah, there might be some discrepancies in the mobile well, version. Steve, did you change anything on the way you do the uh, streaming? No, I haven't changed anything. But the internet gods okay, are not happy with me. The, on my laptop and on my other phone, uh, when I was in the Skype chat, I was able to see everything that you put on the screen the same way I'd see it in YouTube. This new version, all I'm seeing is... Your insert insert coin logo, and if I move that up to the top to go with the other uh, little circles with people's pictures in them up there, uh -huh. uh, it defaults back to Mark Overholzer. Yeah, I can't tell you how to manage Windows on the mobile version. I don't use the mobile version for that. Well, this I mean, Windows. This, this is the Android. Oh, that's well, that's 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 what I'm saying. I, that's that's a mobile version of Skype. I have no idea how that works in the multi-party call and how effectively it can manage that. You know what I mean? If you want to see everything, the best way to do it's on the desktop version for seeing. The mobile's good for speaking, but it's not good for viewing. Would be my guess. Yeah, I well, agree apparently with that. they changed something. So on my old phone, I was able to see the video feed in the Skype. I just yeah. Can't do it on this one. Hmm. Yeah. So they're, apparently they're changing things. Yay, Microsoft. Microsoft? Microsoft changed things? <laughs> wow. All right, guys. So I got. Yeah. times a day. I'm, I'm going to have to run for now. I don't know if anybody will be available later on for a Coco Talk after dark. Ooh. So. Oh, I got you. Yeah, it'll be much later because yeah, I've got a Halloween party.